When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. One semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two experts. I'm Kristen Caruso. I'm Brandi Egan. Let's go to court. On this episode, I'll be talking about trans panic. And I'll be talking about yet another staircase. Mm. You know what? What? I've been a bad girl and I've looked at... I know, that's a gross thing to say. But I've looked ahead at our sources. We yeah. both pulled from 48 Hours oh, episodes this week. it's a 48 Hours themed episode. Please don't say I've been a bad girl like that ever again. <laughs> Okay, I, you know what? I tried to stop myself, but I couldn't. Should I spank you? <laughs> Sign up for our Patreon to see Brandy spank me for this saying I'm a bad girl. <laughs> I am sorry. That was unnecessary yeah, of me to say. It was. Anyway. I'm going to file sexual harassment. <laughs> How you doing there, Brandy? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. That's the yeah. end of the story. Yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of each other we in have. these past few days. <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh, recorded a bonus episode for the Patreon yeah. a day and a half ago. That's right. And here mm-hmm. we are cranking out yet another award-winning episode. Phoned it in big time. <laughs> or did we? Or did you we? Decide. You be the judge. Uh-huh. <laughs> And if you want to hear that episode we just recorded, you got to sign up for our Patreon at the $5 level or higher. That's right. At the $5 level, you get all the bonus episodes, all the back bonus episodes. Plus, you get into the Discord to chitty chat the day away. You know, someone just joined the Discord and they like they were like, I've been hanging out on Patreon. I thought that was the Discord. I thought it was so boring. <laughs> Yeah, there's some confusion. It is. It's a separate thing than just the Patreon. It's yeah. A whole, yeah, it's a whole separate app you got to yeah, get. Yeah, if it doesn't feel like a 90s chat room. You're not in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. If someone's not asking your ASL, you <laughs> are in the wrong spot, my dear. What happens at the $7 level on our Patreon, Kristen? You don't know how unprofessional. <laughs> uh, you get all that, plus you get monthly Zoom calls Woo! with us. Will I be spanked in this month's Zoom call? We just don't know. No. Brandy's acting like she's not interested, but, you know, things can change. <laughs> I'm watching that sex room show, and, you know, people say they're not into stuff. All of a sudden, they're into it. So, you know, things can happen. Also, at that level, you get a lovely card with our lovely autographs oh. and a sticker. Oh, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> Plus, you get inducted on this very podcast. Oh, yeah, that's fun. (laughs) And at the $10 level, that's the Bob Moss level. Did I sound like Julia Child? Oh, you kind of did. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, you get all that. Plus, you get ad-free episodes. And you get them. A a day day early. early. That's my line. (laughs) Plus... 10% 10% off merch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or off on merch. I'm going to go off on you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
I'm in a strange mood. <laughs> you just did my hair. I've got wet hair. You do have wet hair, but you know, what? and looks, I can't be expected to good on be you. my best with That's wet hair. Right? That's not true. Only like, <laughs> only like really, really fucking hot people look good with wet hair. It's true. You yeah. know it's true. You don't want to yeah. agree, but you've got to be really, really you do have hot. To be really hot. To pull yeah, because. It's like, ooh, I'm picturing them coming, Just out, coming of the out of the shower. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's that vibe. That is exactly the vibe. Anyone else with wet hair, it's like, mm-hmm. mm, that's kind of unprofessional. Yeah. Yep. Here mm-hmm. I am to give you my greatest dick jokes, and I've got <laughs> wet hair, and it's unprofessional. I can see why you're upset. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's totally fine. All right, you want to talk about a staircase? Uh, yeah, I hate to admit it. I like it when you do these staircase know, ones. Favorite, and it, but it scares the shit out of me because I have stairs in this house. I know some of them quite rickety. I'm on a mission to cover all the staircase cases, uh-huh. but maybe not the actual staircase. Why not? I don't know if I have you the nuts. To do it. Uh, yeah, no, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs> It's, uh, it's scary to do one where everyone has an opinion. Exactly, it is. It's yeah. really scary to do one where everyone has an opinion, and. I mean, I think it's also scary because I don't. I'm not sure what my opinion is on that case. Mm-hmm. No, that's it's that's all super over scary. the place. Yes. People, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did the owl do it? We just don't we know. We just don't know. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about this staircase oh, now today. Excuse me. So for this, shout out to an episode of 48 Hours that I'm not going to give you the name of. Okay. Okay. And also to an episode of American Monster, not a show I was familiar with. Mm. It's on ID. That of one course it is. was called Everyone's Favorite Uncle. I don't think that gives Ew. anything away. It's not. Okay. He really was just like a people oh, okay. liked him. He had oh. some nephews. You know what? That's, you know, <laughs> I feel like uncles sometimes get a re- bad rap. Bad rap, exactly. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> just bringing some of my own shit into the podcast. <laughs> It's not like a creepy Uncle Teeny situation. All right. Fair enough. That's a bonus episode if you want the the deep traumas in my family history. James Blackledge was minding his business just out for a nice motorcycle ride on the morning of July 21st, 2018. He was in an upscale neighborhood in Lake Wiley, South Carolina. Are you familiar with it? It's like right, I guess, right on like the... No. North Carolina border, or just, just, you know, real close to the state line. Oh, I see. So I lived in North Carolina for a couple of years, I so know. I have to know like all you lived the on cities. The, you live, like, on this, in Missouri, you're familiar with Kansas? I didn't know how it worked. I've been everywhere. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, James is out for a motorcycle ride, and he kind of turned down a road, and he was taking in the lovely scenery. There were beautiful trees everywhere. Kristen. Shut up. You don't care about those trees. I, I know you don't. I see a picture. Yeah, of the house involved in this And story. it's quite striking it how beautiful is. the trees are. The trees were beautiful. Yeah. And they're very tall. I know. Why are See? they so tall? Um, A lot of extra water. I don't know. I there's don't, sunshine. Yeah. People, you know, and maybe it's another thing. Sometimes when they put in these new housing divisions, yeah. they go in, they tear out all the trees, which uh-huh. I understand it's easier that right. way. But if you're doing it right, yeah. you're just... You know, you pluck it, you pluck, pluck out, out a, a few, few and then you nestle the house in the trees, which I believe is what was done in this area because there were they were newer houses, but lots of mature trees. By the way, would you ever do a motorcycle? No. Yeah. Mm-mm. No, absolutely not. Mm-mm. No. I feel like that'd be my I mean, I don't even drive a car very well. Right. So. <laughs> 
So probably shouldn't be put on a motorcycle. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so James is on his bike. He's, you know, living it up, watching the trees, whatever. And then he notices someone running toward him. It was a woman named Lana Clayton. She was running toward James, waving her eye. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't waving her eyes. Are you sure? Positive. Back and forth. <laughs> no, just waving her side arms side. as it turns out. Okay. Trying to flag James down. If someone was waving their eyes at me, <laughs> I would stop. I just know that I'm going to fuck up this woman's name the entire time. Is that? Are you like a little it nervous is. right so now? It's Lana, uh-huh. but it's just spelled L-A-N-A, and I read it the whole time as Lana, uh-huh. but then I heard her pronounce it. And you think as Lana, she knows I how believe to she knows how to pronounce name. her own name. Yes, it's a gamble. Okay, so if I mispronounce her name, my apologies. I'd be really upset if you messed up someone's name, <laughs> Kristen. <laughs> so Lana asked James after she flagged him down with her arms and not her eyes uh-huh. to call nine one one. She told him that her husband Steve had fallen down the stairs and that she believed he was dead. James Blackledge did just as Lana had asked him. He called 911 and relayed the information that he'd been given. And in the meantime, Lana ran across the street and got the neighbor, Terry Floyd, who was a good friend of the Claytons. James was still in front of the Clayton's house waiting for confirmation that an ambulance was on the way when Lana and Terry pulled up on a golf cart. The neighbor, Terry, ran into the house. He was like, you know, obviously in a hurry. He asked Lana where Steve was and Lana told him that he was at the bottom of the stairs in the foyer. And then she sat down on the front steps and waited for the police to get there. Hmm. James recalled on this episode of 48 Hours that he thought this was really odd. Not just because he had always thought it was pronounced foyer and (laughs) Lana had said foyer. He seems kind of douchey. I'm I'm going to be real with you. Uh But because here was this woman who was seemingly distraught, so distraught that she would, like, flag down a random passerby, Mm -hmm. yet she just, like, sat down on the stairs rather than, like, going in with the neighbor trying to aid her husband in okay, some way. Okay, so this is the part in every story where, not, where I'm always like, well, people react in different ways. And they do. Yeah. But, yes, yeah, she's drawing in all these extra uh-huh. people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A la Ramsey's. Mm-hmm. Gordon Ramsey. Gordon when he Ramsey, opens yeah. a new restaurant, yep. he's always dragging in new That's people. That's right. It's the part of the secret to a success. <laughs> <laughs> also, when you're covering up for your son who murdered your daughter, you you know, mm-hmm. yeah. other people discover the body. Anyway, anyway that's just, that's just a theory. The crime scene, that's, you know. No. Yeah. <laughs> just theory. Uh, yeah, it's 2018. She doesn't have a cell phone. She doesn't have a phone in the house. No. Yeah, she had to flag down a stranger and then go get the people across the street. F that. This is not the 1930s. Right. A short time later, emergency crews were on the scene and Lana explained to them that Steve hadn't been feeling well. For the past three days, he'd been nauseated and dizzy, and she believed that he had a pretty severe case of vertigo. It was something he suffered from on and off, like, for several years. Mm -hmm. She said this time, though, it had been so severe that he'd basically been bedridden. But Lana Clayton was a nurse, so Steve was in good hands, right? (laughs) 
don't say it like that. <laughs> she obviously, he obviously wasn't when you say it like that. <laughs> Lana told the police that she had checked on Steve that morning, but that he'd been sound asleep. So she'd made sure he had all of his necessities, which is not at all what I wrote in my notes here. <laughs> What'd you write? Das all odd his necessities. <laughs> We can't be more clear than that. That's okay, right. folks. <laughs> so she'd set him up like a little table next to the bed with his yeah, water. Yeah, that's all odds and necessities. <laughs> we know. Exactly. We know exactly what that means. <laughs> that's all the chapstick. That's right. <laughs> and so she'd, you know, set up his little table in their second story bedroom and then she'd gone out to mow the yard. When she came in sometime later, she'd found him at the bottom of the stairs. And she assumed that he'd fallen trying to go down them, get something from the first floor, maybe come out to find her. She told the first responders that she'd checked for signs of life. She'd actually tried to flip him over because he was like face down and she'd be, been unable to. He's a pretty big guy. Mm-hmm. But she hadn't found a pulse. And that was when she had run outside for help. Not into, like, the kitchen to get the phone or, like, pulled her cell phone out of her pocket. But, you know, people do weird things under stress. And I can't imagine anything more stressful than murdering your husband. So (laughs) this is a great example. Paramedics quickly confirmed that Lana Clayton was Had murdered her husband. Correct, (laughs) right? Steve Clayton, her husband. I'm going to feel like such a dick if I'm wrong. Steve Clayton, her husband of five years, was in fact dead. He was 64 years old. Steve Clayton was described by his loved ones as this kind of like loud, friendly, outgoing teddy bear of a man. He'd put himself through college working construction, and then he worked as a CPA for a time following his graduation from Florida State University. Mm. And eventually he started his own physical therapy business called Physical Therapy Resources, which he grew into a nationwide company with branches throughout the United States. Oh, dang. All right. He made millions. I'm sure he did. And he was able to fully retire in 1995 at the age of 41. Oh, the fucking dream, Oh, man. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Amazing. Brandy. Yeah. What if some creepy-ass billionaire offers (laughs) us millions for this podcast? You think Elon Musk is buying? Podcasts? Oh, gross! Can you imagine? I mean, yeah, it'd, it'd be like he'd offer us some money, and it'd be just like the Twitter deal. Yeah. And then he actually like listens to the podcast. Yeah. He's like, "Fuck this! No, I don't want it." And we're like, "No, sir, you must. <laughs> That's right. Let's go to court." Yeah. Uh-huh. And then we lose because we don't have money. We, yeah, and Elon Musk has like all the money. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right. I'm glad we explored that <laughs> right. fantasy for a minute. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> after Steve retired, he spent his free time traveling the world. Oh, my like God. Like a dream he'd always had. He got super into, like, Eastern medicine. He did, like, acupuncture and stuff like that. Like, he had mm-hmm. it done on him. He wasn't doing it to people. Well, yeah. I mean, when you retire when you're 41, you're not doing shit. No, exactly. Yeah. And he enjoyed spending his time with his friends and his family. 
Steve's family said that he loved love. He was a romantic, like to the core, and he loved the idea of being in love. Mm -hmm. But as a result of that, he often didn't make the best decisions when it came to relationships. He was blinded by love. He, hmm. And science. <laughs> Stop it. And by the light, as it turns out. Oh, my God. Out. Everyone, she's so proud. She's so <laughs> proud of herself. <laughs> anyway, so this decision-making that he wasn't the best at kind of explained why Lana was Steve's seventh wife. Oh, my. Yeah. Pump the brakes, Steve. Yeah. Why Maybe you don't marry married? all of them. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Because it sounds like you married all, all of them. them. Yeah. I think that's exactly what it was. Huh. Yeah. He and Lana had met online in 2010 after Steve relocated to North Carolina from Florida. He's kind of looking I for a fresh start. I thought you said South start. Carolina. Okay, he moved to North Carolina Oh, then moved to South yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I'm eager for you to mess up every now and again. Okay? I mess up plenty. Not as much. I mean, it's a contest I'm winning, ma'am. So they met online. Lana was kind of like the opposite of Steve. You know, opposites attract. Okay. You know, two steps forward, three steps back, and I'm dressed like a cat. <laughs> sure, we all get uh -huh. it. She was quiet. He was loud. She was kind of introverted. He mm -hmm. was extroverted. She was a know. murderer. He was not. Uh -huh. yeah. uh -huh. But Steve's family Brady, if I'm seemed... wrong, it's going to be terrible. I'm going to just... Don't worry, you're not wrong. Okay, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> but Steve's family really seemed like things were kind of different with Lana. They liked her a lot. and they said Oh, they did? They did, initially. Okay. Uh, well, they thought that Steve had never been so affectionate with anyone, like, ever in his life. I thought he loved love. He did love love. But, like, this seemed like maybe it he was really like this one was going to stick. Love. Well, I mean, yeah. they're not betting people are yeah. okay <laughs> that was rude to say can you imagine if you attended all seven of his weddings right <laughs> okay on the episode of 48 hours like one of his nephews is like you know we kind of lost track i think he was married six or maybe maybe she was the seventh wife you would lose track you would yeah but another article said that she was the seventh. So we're going with that. Okay. But Steve was sure that things with Lana were going to be great. And so Lana had been married once before. She had two adult children from that previous relationship. And he was ready to go all in with her. He invited her to move in with him. And so she did. And they got two Italian greyhounds. They named them Guinness and Sadie. Had a little, you know little family with their with their okay. time. Why are you making that face about Italian greyhounds? No, no. It's nothing against the Italian <laughs> greyhounds. How dare you? Um, I'm trying to think if there's like a connection between Guinness and Sadie. Okay. So I saw another source that said their names were Guinness and Stella. And so I thought oh, it was yeah, a beer like, thing. Yeah. But then in Steve's actual obituary that says they're Guinness and Sadie. So I'm guessing that. Yeah, that's probably that's right. That's probably accurate. Okay. Yeah. All right. And things were going well for Steve and Lana. They dated for about three years, and then in 2013, they got married. 
Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) How did you even make that noise? Okay. So, everyone, that was my water bottle. I apologize. (laughs) I had to kind of leapfrog it over my iced tea, Mm -hmm. and I stopped short, Uh and it sloshed. (laughs) And that's the story of the sound that that made. (laughs) Are you good? (laughs) I don't. You know, we are always weird. In I these know episodes. we are. We're always very weird in these episodes where we do two in a week. You know what that sounded like? What? You know the wave pool at Oceans of oh, Fun? Oh, yeah. You're not supposed to bring that up. Why not? Because a little girl just oh, died. Oh, just died over. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Don't. Okay. You're looking at me as if I <laughs> killed someone. You're right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Am I allowed to reference wave Absolutely pools? Absolutely you are. I apologize. Thank you so much. Hmm. Anyway, in 2013, Steve and Lana got married and they moved to Lake Wiley, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. They bought a million-dollar mansion. It was just like right off the water. It was said to be modeled off of George Washington's Mount Vernon estate. You want to really? see it? Yeah. I have an address for oh, you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> hang on. I, all right. Go ahead. It is 4586 Island Forks Road, Lake Wiley, South Carolina. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Built in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, about 3,500 square feet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got some pillars. Yep. It has a grand staircase. Oh, shit. Just inside the front door. It's amazing how quickly I forget what we're doing here. (laughs) I get sucked into these. Oh, my gosh. Look at the butler's pantry. I know. Oh, this bathroom. Wait, what? I'm sorry. This bathroom. (laughs) It looks like there's no door. It just. I think it's. I, I thought the same thing. Okay, well, that, that has to be just a weird angle okay, on that but photo. Imagine, okay, okay, but this bathroom also has French doors out onto, like, a balcony. That sounds amazing. Okay, but, yeah, you want to limit the number of French doors to a bathroom, right? Yeah. Yeah, where is the door to this bathroom? Exactly! <laughs> it has to be just, like, a weird thing, right? They must open out, you think? I, yeah, I... Let's hope and pray. <laughs> God, what a beautiful location. Yeah, yeah. these trees are Yeah, the trees, incredible. right? View of the water. Uh-huh. I would repaint the exterior of the home. Yeah. But no a, one asked me. It is a it's a kind of an odd teal color. Why are these trees so tall? What kind of trees are these? Those are um shoot. Damn it, I can't tell you. They look like pines little bit maybe i'm not sure anyway that's the house that they also moved why into. um okay i'm looking at the exterior yeah. here why is the front door not centered i thought the exact same thing Thank what you. the fuck are they doing with that i mean just because george washington did that i, I okay i looked up the house uh-huh. of mount vernon i think it has a centered front door okay well then what <laughs> the hell are they doing I here i don't know <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. Anyway, moving on. By the way, I do not like that uh, light fixture in the dining room. You don't? 
No. What's ew. the light fixture in the dining room? Look for it. It's weird. It's Is this the dining room? How do I know if I'm in the dining room? Is it this weird spindly looking thing? Yeah. No, I don't like that either. Yeah. Here's the thing, folks. You got to pick a time period. Okay, so I showed pictures to this of this house to David last night. I didn't mm-hmm. tell him anything about my case because he won't let me. Like he'll he like la la la. la He's like not interested. No, he likes to listen to <laughs> yes, the episodes yes. like and hear it all together. Yeah. Anyway, I showed him the picture of the ki- the kitchen, which I think is amazing. And he's like, "Ew, what's wrong with that island?" He didn't like the accent island here. Okay. Um, I am with him. I actually love the Accent Island. I don't think it goes with the it house. It doesn't. It doesn't go with the house. I would mm-hmm. agree with it. I love the Accent Island, but I would agree that it does not go with the house. Yeah, and that's how I feel about – well, no, I don't love that fixture in the dining room. I do not like it anywhere. No. I do not like it. Sam, I am. Um, <laughs> but also it's like if you're doing the Mount Vernon thing – yeah. You got to go yes. more old timey yes. with your fixtures and, and your kitchen islands, which were for sure a thing <laughs> at Mount Vernon. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure enslaved people didn't do all that. Anyway, anyway. it was only a matter of time before right. I brought that up. Yep. <laughs> Did George Washington, was he an enslaver? He probably I was, right? I so, Yeah. Yes. Great. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's so important that we focus on what the founding fathers thought <laughs> when they – created the constitution absolutely they knew exactly what they were doing anyway (laughs) please don't get political please just talk to me about Uh the fixtures so this move to lake wiley (laughs) south carolina accomplished a couple things for the claytons they had their house together you know it was their house you know and it put them closer to one of lana's children she had a son and i believe he had some kids so it was like their grandkids lived in the area Mm -hmm. and then also steve had a couple of nephews who lived in the area so it put them around family and it seemed that you know for a while the Claytons were pretty happy there. Fast forward to 2018. In the spring and summer of 2018, Steve became really sick. Started with an earache. He would become nauseous and dizzy. At first, they thought it was vertigo. He started seeing his acupuncturist like really regularly, Mm -hmm. but it just kept getting worse and worse. And They'd never seen – like his family had never seen a bout of his vertigo this bad. It would keep him in bed for days at a time. How long had he had vertigo? Had he had it for several years? Okay. So it wasn't like a new thing. No, but it would would just like come and go and it it hadn't impacted his life to this degree before. But Steve's family was like, you know, he's in the best hands he could be in. His wife is a nurse. At least he has a caregiver by his side. And – They thought he just needed some rest. You know, he seemed exhausted. And so, like, at one point in June of 2018, he had spoken to some family members and said he was just feeling really run down. And he was going to try and, like, get some solid rest, get some sleep. Mm -hmm. And Steve went to sleep and slept for 36 hours straight. No. His sister was super alarmed by this. Well, yeah. She's like, that doesn't sound healthy. That doesn't sound. Well, can you imagine going to sleep and waking up 36 hours later? That would be, I mean, very unsettling. I'd go to the fucking hospital. Of course you would. Yes. Of course you would. But when Steve woke up after that, like, he felt great. 
Oh my! He felt like he was kind of like back to normal, and he threw his big Fourth of July party that he always threw. He was very into the Fourth of July. Okay. And every year he threw big parties. They put out like a dance floor on the property, played all kinds of music, did all kinds of fireworks. The mm-hmm. whole the whole shebang. Poke cake, uh, probably. Probably With the blueberries multiple. and the, I bet. Well, yeah. duh. I mean, yeah. If you have a Fourth of July party and you don't do that, I mean, come on. Yeah. And Steve's family was so excited to see him this way. Seemed like he was back to his old self. And Steve's sister, Rosie, was her name. She observed him with Lana and she was like, things look really good between them. I think, I think like during this time of his illness, things kind of seemed like up and down. Like right. Maybe, Lana was feeling like this wasn't what she signed up for. Or maybe, maybe she's she thought she that would her attempts kill at killing him, him weren't earlier. successful. Yeah. Well, that is a bummer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. But at this 4th of July party in July of 2018, things looked great. Then fast forward to July 21st, 2018, when... Well, that's not much of a it's fast not, forward at all. It's okay. less than three weeks later, and Steve is found dead at the foot of his stairs. Yeah. So we're back to that day that she's flagged down the passerby and gone and got her neighbor and the police have come. There's some body cam footage of this as they walk through the house and they mm-hmm. check out Steve. The officers and the first responders are kind of consoling Lana as they're doing it. And the neighbor tells them that Lana has told him that she's feeling really guilty, that she should have checked on him sooner. She should have made, mm-hmm. shouldn't have gone out and mowed the yard, blah, 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 blah. And so they go over and they are kind of speaking to her and consoling her and letting her know like oh this isn't your fault you know things happen you know this looks like maybe he just had a heart attack and fell Mm -hmm. you know down the stairs it didn't it wasn't like it didn't look like he'd fallen all the way down the stairs okay like that wasn't what led to his death he was at the bottom of the stairs but like it wasn't like a as far as i can tell from what i've seen it wasn't like a particularly bloody scene or anything like that and so initially it seemed like he'd probably had a heart attack Mm-hmm. And just ended up kind of at, at the bottom of the stairs. And so the police kind of pulled Lana outside, trying to calm her down. And they just, you know, get a basic statement about what had happened. And she relayed to them what, you know, the thing about mowing the lawn and she'd come in and whatever. One of Steve's nephews, actually the nephew that they'd moved to the area to be closer to, was a police officer in a neighboring town. And mm-hmm. he heard this call go out. Uh-huh. for emergency crews and he recognized that it was at his uncle's house and so he went there as yeah. fast as he could and yeah. he gets there and he goes in and he finds Lana and she you know gives him a big hug she's crying and then he is like okay I, I got to see him like where where is he and he goes into the house and he goes and he sees his uncle and he said that it was just like a super difficult thing for him to see this uncle that he always looked up to. And he just looked, he looked not himself. His yeah. coloring was all off. And then, you know, he was yeah, obviously he was dead. dead. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was horrible for him to see. And so he kind of started like chatting with the first responders on scene, mm-hmm. you know, getting kind of the story from them. And then the coroner was called out. And the coroner, you know, came in and said, you know, nothing looks kind of suspicious here. And, right. you know, this looks like we just have what appears to be just a really sad natural death. Yeah. And that's kind of how this was treated at that point. 
But the nephew, who was a police officer, his name was Nick French. He started, like, making note of things that seemed really odd to him uh-huh. about Lana's behavior. He thought it was really weird that she'd flag down a stranger and run across to the neighbor's house. Why hadn't she called the police from inside the house? Why hadn't she used her cell phone? Why hadn't she attempted to administer CPR? She was a nurse. Yeah. He thought that was super odd. He also thought it was really odd that no one was able to find Steve's phone anywhere. So his uncle, he said, was never without his phone. Mm -hmm. Always had his phone. And so... Like, in the early stages, that was, like, one of the things they were trying to, like, secure, like, where are the phones in the house? Yeah, like, you know, yeah. whatever. And no one could find Steve's phone. To this day, Steve's phone has never been found. Shut up. They believe that Lana threw it in the lake to dispose of it. Wow. What would have been on there that would be incriminating? We'll get to that, but it's not what would have been on the phone. It's uh. what Steve could have done with the phone. What? Mm-hmm. We'll Are you just there. saying, like, he Googled stuff? Nope. Oh. <laughs> I'll keep my pants on. All right. I, I get it. And then Nick overheard a conversation between Lana and the coroner. So the coroner was like, okay, you know, have you guys talked about, you know, had you had, you had any conversations about funeral arrangements? Mm-hmm. Do you know where you want us to take the body? Do you have a funeral home in mind? And Lana was just kind of like sitting there and she's like, I don't don't know. It's just it's too much right now. I I have no idea. And the deputy coroner at that point was like, "Okay, you know what? In in the meantime, until you decide, we'll take Steve's body. We'll take it to the morgue and we can, you know, pull some blood samples. We can, you know, run some. No, no, that's not necessary. And Nick was like, oh. To Lana, he was like, I think we should do that. I think that's a great idea. Like, let's yeah. let's figure out what happened to Uncle Steve. Sure. And Lana, like, jumped up from mm. where she was sitting. And she was like, um, no, that's not necessary. Uh, that funeral home down the street, the one that's right down the street, let's let's take him there. Um, and he we'll, have him, we'll have him cremated. Yeah. And Nick was like, no, he doesn't, he doesn't want to be cremated. He wants to be buried in Florida. And Lena's like, no, no, no. He told me he wants to be cremated. So let's, yep, that funeral home right down the street. Let's take him there. No need to take him to the morgue. No need, you know, to run any tests. I'm sure it was the heart attack. Just like you guys say, totally natural. Nothing to worry about here. Just as quickly as possible. If we can get him down there and get him cremated, that'd be great. And Nick was like, okay. Uh, Okay. Okay, And so at this point, Nick's like, okay, something is up. And so he excused himself, went outside, and he called his brother, Chris. And he was like, um, yeah, I think something's up. I think you should, like, get here as quickly as possible. Okay, Chris may have been Nick's cousin. uh, I'm not sure that they're – I'm not possible. I'm not not sure. Uh Uh He's either a cousin or a brother. (laughs) Or a close friend. We just don't know. Steve is also his uncle, so I assumed they were brothers. And as I'm saying that out loud. Oh, yeah, you're thinking that's not necessarily how that works. That's necessarily true. Exactly. Very good. All right. (laughs) 
So, so he calls his relative. He calls his relative, and and he lets him know what's going on, and he gets over to the scene as well. And he's like, Nick's like, I need you here to like back me up on this because I think weird shit's going on. Mm-hmm. And so Chris comes to the scene, and Chris is like, Let's get Uncle Steve's will because I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll be able to find out what arrangements he wanted in the will. And Lana's like, There's no will. And Chris goes. No, no, there's for sure a will. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Uncle Steve asked me to be the executor of his oh. will. Oh, And wow. Lana goes, I said there's no will. And then she okay, like stormed you, out of the house. Uh, you don't get to just say there's <laughs> not a will. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I'm going to put my socks on. because Go ahead. <laughs> Because it's on account of your wet hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very sexy. Mm-hmm. You're picturing me coming out of the shower. The sexiest. You? The sexiest wet hair. Okay. Hop to it. I'm very interested in what's happening. So that whole exchange happens and Lana storms out of the house. And then Nick and Chris are like, what the fuck is going on? And so they call Steve's sister, Rosie, and, like, fill her in. She's very upset, obviously. Mm-hmm. She's crying. And she's like, I haven't been able to reach Steve in three days. Oh. And so they're like, what the fuck has been going on here? Yeah. And so they decide to go, like, through the house. Like, just, like, take a lap. Through yeah. the house, see yeah. if they see anything kind of out of the ordinary. And so they go upstairs to the primary bedroom where Steve was like had been holed up for the previous three days dealing mm-hmm. with his vertigo, according to Lana. And they find that room in such an alarming state that they're like, OK, this is something seriously wrong is going on here. The mattress was soaked in urine. Oh my God. It was as if Steve had not been able or been allowed to get out of that bed oh. in days and had not been cared for. Yeah. In any way. Which they said was completely out of the ordinary. Like Steve was like a neat freak. He kept his house like very, very clean, very put together. Well, and even if you're not. Yeah. For your you're mattress not, to be yeah. soaked in urine. Yeah. And your yeah. primary caregiver is a nurse. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of confronted Lana about yeah. this. And she's like, oh, uh, the, when his vertigo is really bad, this happens. He's unable to, you know, have full control of his faculties. And sometimes he'll wet the bed. Mm. Yeah. But a mattress being soaked in urine yeah, is that's different. different than somebody – yeah. Because if – If somebody – yes, if somebody's really ill and they wet the bed, you change the bedding out. You – yeah, get – They get an adult diaper to wear when they're having these bad <sighs> spells. You don't correct. just leave them in mm-hmm. – on a urine-soaked soaked mattress. mattress. Yeah. Ugh. So they began to form a theory that like – Steve's phone had been taken away from him so that he would have no way to reach out for help 
in that Lana had done something to him over the course of these three days to incapacitate him. Yeah. So Nick and Chris, the two nephews, make these discoveries. They start forming this theory that something's going on. They Mm -hmm. go back downstairs and Lana's now in the kitchen and she's talking to some of the investigators and she's kind of explaining to them why she doesn't think an autopsy is necessary or why they should do Uh one. And she's like, okay, really? This is in Steve's best interest because Steve is a habitual drug user and I just don't want that information to come out in his autopsy and for that to be like the thing everybody remembers about him. And Nick and Chris hear this and they don't say anything at the time. But they're like, there's no fucking way that that's true. Yeah. Like, we would know if that was going on. That's never been mentioned ever, like, in his life. Right. They're like, there's some reason she does not want an autopsy right. here. Ugh. But they decided not to say anything that day. I believe they did arrange for the body to be taken to the morgue rather than mm-hmm. the funeral home because they knew, like, once it gets to the funeral home, oh, you've yeah. got, like— it's do- it's a done deal. Right. Like the the cremation happens super fast, and if that happens, like we've got nothing. Mm-hmm. And so they leave that day, but then they get together with Rosie, Steve's sister, and they all together call the police, and they're like, "Something is wrong here. These are the things we've noticed." Like. Steve always had his phone and and we've been unable to get a hold of him for days now. The mattress to be soaked in urine like that. Mm -hmm. For her to say that this is all his vertigo, like this isn't adding up. We really think a death investigation needs to be done here and an autopsy needs to be done. Yeah. And so the police agreed and they did an autopsy and the autopsy came back kind of inconclusive. Mm Mm-hmm. He hadn't had a heart attack. His heart looked fine. There wasn't anything remarkable on his autopsy. Okay. Nothing that signified a cause of death. And so they had to wait weeks for a toxicology report to come back. And when that toxicology report came back, they found out that what Lana had been telling the police or the detectives or whatever was not true. There was no hardcore drugs present in his Mm -hmm. system. There wasn't really anything of note other than there was one chemical found in his blood that the coroner wasn't familiar with. It was tetrahydrosoline. The coroner hadn't heard of it before. Uh In fact, she had to look it up. She didn't know what it was. Yeah, I know. That's what it means. That's exactly what someone. it means when someone does, she didn't wasn't familiar with it. She didn't know what it was. So she had to look it up. Because she didn't know the definition of the word. Correct. It was the active ingredient in eye drops. Can you OD on eye drops? You sure <gasps> fucking can. Really? It says right on the bottle, do not ingest, can be fatal. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you'd have to – like a ton, right? No. Really? Not that much at all. <gasps> it, it turns out that tetrahydrosoline is readily available. It is sold over the counter. Anyone could buy it. And it is tasteless <gasps> and odorous – odorless <laughs> – 
<laughs> Tasteless and odorless. Wow. Completely undetectable by, you know. Well, I hope no murderers are listening. It. All right. And it's not typically looked for on a standard autopsy. Oh, gosh. When they got the toxicology report back and the coroner looked at, you know, this chemical that was Mm -hmm. in it, this tetrahydrosoline, she then looked at the concentration of it, which was 68 nanograms per mils. Really? Oh, no, that's so many mils. (laughs) (laughs) Or I mean, so so many many nanograms. nanograms. (laughs) And bananagrams. on this episode of 48 Hours, the coroner's, like, explaining this. And uh, the host, Peter Van Zant goes, mm-hmm. what's that mean in English? Oh. <laughs> and she's like, it means I'm really worried. Oh. That's a lot. That's a good clip right there. Yeah. <laughs> so it turns out that this poisoning by tetrahydrosoline has kind of become popular for lack of a better word. Well, I'm sure it has. Since the movie Wedding Crashers, <gasps> there is a scene in oh. Wedding Crashers where they use yeah, they on Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper's yeah. drink with it to make him shit his pants, essentially, uh-huh. which could be a side effect of a small amount of THC as tetrahydrosoline is Think of how known. different that movie would have been if they'd killed him. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, a small amount of it, a couple of drops can cause nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. Higher concentrations of it can cause dizziness, confusion, reduced heart rate. Basically, the way it gets your red out of your eyes is it makes your blood vessels contract so they're smaller. Uh-huh. And so if it does that on a large scale Oof. in your body, Oof. it slowly causes respiratory depression, which then results in death. So they get these results back and they're like, okay, so how did he get Visine? In his system. So they go back to the house and they, you know, look at that area that she'd had set up with it for him, his little table with his drink and his meds. And sure What'd you enough, call that? The, the, uh, I can't remember <laughs> now. <laughs> and it turns out, yeah, there's his meds and his drink and his bottle of Visine right there on the table. And so they, like, test a glass that had been there and they find the residue of THZ on the glass and they decide we better talk to Lana again. Of course. Well, she was pretty sloppy. Yeah, she was real sloppy. They wanted to know if possibly, like, had he done this to himself? Had he ingested this as no, a way to, like, they didn't die that. <laughs> no, stop. They did not think that. This no. is what they said on the 48 Hours I, episode, Kristen. Just because 48 Hours tells you this doesn't mean you have to repeat it to us like we're all this stupid. No one thinks that. <laughs> so they asked Lana to come down and have an interview, but not with the police, with the coroner. 
Mm. And so they sat her up in like a little room, but they had the police sitting behind. Oh, sneaky. Oh, it was very sneaky. They set up cameras and they just let her think it was just a fun little conversation with the coroner. Oh, yeah. (laughs) One of those. (laughs) I often have fun little conversations (laughs) with the coroner. I mean, you probably would. You would probably love to talk to a coroner. Yeah. And so they sat her down in the corner was like, you know, we've got a couple of questions. Let's, you know, go over some things. We've gotten the toxicology reports back and, you know, there's some odd things in there. We're just mm-hmm. trying to find out maybe how how those got there. And so she mentions that they found tetrahydrazoline in Steve's blood. And Lana's reaction to that was like, oh, yeah, that's Visine. <gasps> what? Yeah. Lana. Uh-huh. And so the coroner's like. Uh, yeah, so very good. It is you're familiar with it, and she's like, "Oh yeah." So Steve puts a couple of drops of Visine in his coffee every morning to help him take shit. No, no. <laughs> they make actual medicine. medicine for that. Yeah, yeah. You can take Miralax every day; it'll help you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so she's like, no, he, yeah, he puts a couple of drops of Visine in his coffee every morning to help him have a bowel movement. Uh, give me. And the coroner said she just looked at Lana and was like, uh, uh-huh, and, and how long has he been doing that? And Lana said, oh, he's been doing that for years. And so she's like, the coroner's like, oh, okay, so he puts Visine in his coffee. Mm. Every morning, and he's been doing that for years. And she's like, oh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. And they're like, oh, okay. And so the coroner's like, well, that's that's really odd. Yeah. And Lana's like, oh, is it? Is it odd? And yes, it's point, odd. At that point, the detectives who were in the next room, like, listening, like, ah. whatever, they came in mm-hmm. and they were like, hi, you know, we're detectives with the York County mm-hmm. Sheriff's Office. And, you know, don't worry, you're not, you're not in any kind of trouble. We just want to clear some stuff up with you. And also, we're going to read you your Miranda Rich right now just so that, you know, everybody's clear about what's going on here. And Well, you've got to be real cool to pull that <laughs> off as, like, a casual little thing. Yeah. So and she, she was like, She was like, oh, uh I'm just what? Um, I'm I'm, and they're like, oh, we're sure you're overwhelmed right now. Yeah, you know, just you know, I'm going to remind you. You know, this doesn't mean that you're in trouble. We just want to ask you some questions. You're a witness in this case for us, and so Lana like freezes up, mm-hmm. and she's like, I know you said that there's the THC in his blood. I'm just wondering if maybe he had tried to die by suicide. You know, he did have a mood disorder. I always had to walk on eggshells around him. Every day it was like a different Steve I was coming home to. I never knew, you know, if he was going to be nasty. You know, sometimes he was really angry. And, you know, you just didn't know. And they're like, okay, well, you know, what was nasty, Steve? Like, Mm -hmm. and she's like, he was verbally abusive. He would call me names. And they're like, okay, all right. And then she's like, you know, I feel bad. I feel like I'm painting a bad picture of him. He wasn't a monster by any means. It just, you know, you just, you never knew. And they were like, okay, all right. And so they're like, okay, well, let's talk about, you know, the THZ a little bit. And Lana stops. And then she's like, I put it in there. (gasps) 
I put it in his drink. Is she trying to say like she put it in there to help him with his bowel movement? She said, you know, he hadn't been feeling well. And so the day that he died, uh, you know, I was really upset at him because he'd just been ordering me around. He'd been saying, you know, Lana, do this. Lana, do that. Lana, I need this. Lana, take me to the bathroom. And he was just really mean about it. And I was tired of dealing with him. And so I just thought I'd, I'd... I had seen that, you know, it can make people sick. It can make their stomachs upset. It can make them have diarrhea. And so I just wanted him to suffer a little bit. Hmm. And so I squeezed it in his water. I knew he wouldn't be able to taste it. And I just wanted him to suffer. I had no idea that it would kill him. Wow. I can't believe she admitted to that. Yeah. And so they're like, okay. Like, how how much did you put in his water? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I just kept squeezing the bottle. I think I emptied it. Oh, well, of course he died. Mm-hmm. And they were like, all right, you know, thank you for your honesty. And at that point, Lana ended the interrogation and said that she was going to go home and they allowed her to leave. Going to go home? Yeah. She's like, you know, I think I'm done talking to you for now. And they were like, Did she think this was over? I think she did. She went home. She's stupid. Yeah. She's really stupid. So she went home and they did a little, you know, investigation into Lana. And it turns out that this was maybe not the first time that Lana had attempted to kill her husband. Oh, what happened to the first guy? Nope. Same husband. Oh. Oh, shit. (laughs) Two years earlier. Lana had shot Steve in the back of the head with a crossbow (gasps) while he was sleeping. Oh, my. What? Okay. Come on. We've all been there. (laughs) Okay. So this is what happened. It was a total accident. (laughs) She was loading their crossbow, right? In the bedroom? No, no, no. (laughs) Not in the bedroom, Kristen. In another part of the house. But it got kind of jammed. And Steve was napping. So she took the crossbow up to the bedroom to see if he could help her with it. And then as soon as she got in there... That's the way it always it goes. It just accidentally All fired. Sudden, as soon as you get help from someone else, the thing starts working right, right. and you shoot him in the back you of the shoot, head. Come on. How many times have you shot Norman in the back of the head with a crossbow? <laughs> you know what he has said? He has said, we should stop owning crossbows. <laughs> it just feels dangerous because I don't know how to use them. <laughs> so... He had obviously woken up. He was bleeding profusely. He wasn't seriously injured. Um, Oh, God. What they had, I mean, (sighs) she had reported it to the police. I don't really know how that went down. But an investigation was done, and Steve told the police that he believed it truly was an accident. And so nothing ever came of it. Wow. And so they're like, holy shit, I think this is the second time. This woman has tried to kill this man. Okay, I was calling her stupid, but she, to her credit, she did um, improve a lot in her subtlety from attempt one to attempt two. Yeah. Assuming these are the only attempts. I was going to say, I doubt these are the only attempts. It's 
the prosecution's theory, and my I agree with this theory, that that illness that he had throughout the summer oh, of 2018 of, was yes, her attempting to poison him yes. and just figuring out the right thing. Yeah. She was a nurse. He was also very into Eastern medicine, so she knew he wouldn't be, when he was feeling ill, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be going to the doctor and getting blood tests done. And mm-hmm. so she, I believe, and the prosecution believes, was trying different things out, seeing what would work. Yeah. The official theory that the prosecution put together in this case was that those three days that he hadn't been able to – that his family hadn't been able to contact him, she'd been slowly poisoning him with more and more Visine. No, she just did it the one time just to make him suffer a little bit because he'd Mm -hmm. been kind of a dick. I I hate to tell you your own story. (laughs) (laughs) Until finally she got to the point where she poisoned him enough that he died. Yeah. Why, though? Um, Because he was worth millions. And she destroyed his will, so it would all be left to her. Well, that's not really the way that works, though. In South Carolina, it (gasps) is. What? So there's also a theory that that's why she specifically got him to move to South Carolina. In South Carolina, if there's no will, the estate automatically goes to the spouse. Oh, well, that's common. But I mean, no, but... Okay, hold on. So an attorney didn't have a copy of the will? No one had a copy of it. Somebody had seen a copy of it before. Oh. But like seems it was the only copy of it and it was in Steve's possession. And so and she Lana just had a little just, had herself a little fire. Sure, got after. a little cold one evening. Mm-hmm. They had I mean, you saw the pictures. They had a nice little fire pit there on the property. I mean, they really did. They did. It's a cute little fire pit. Mhm. Yep. Wow. Yep. After this day that Lana left the interrogation where she admitted that she had put it in the Visine in Steve's water, but had only done it because she was annoyed at him and he was being kind of mean to her. I'm still so amazed she admitted to that. I I know. This kind of thing is really hard to prove. Yeah. It would have been very difficult to prove. Very nice of her to help him Uh out. Okay. So after that day, you know, they do this – investigation they find out that this crossbow incident happened well like a couple days later the police got a call from lana's neighbor and they said you know i went over to check on lana and there was a suicide note on her front step and so the police came and they like Mm -hmm. broke down the door and lana had taken a bunch of pills and she turned the gas on on the stove. Oh. They rushed her to the hospital and they were able to stabilize her. And after she was released from the hospital, she was taken into custody and charged with murder and tampering with a food or drug product. Yeah. Yeah. Lana Tylenol case. Didn't did I tell that one when you um, Yeah, that was when I had London. You ducked out to have a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of left me in the lurch I that did, day. I did. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I remember that. Ooh, I'm going into labor. <laughs> That's a Patreon bonus episode. It is a Patreon bonus mm. episode. Lana's trial was set to begin in January of 2020 and like at the last minute Lana took a plea deal. She agreed to plead guilty to voluntary manslaughter and tampering with a food or drug product. She insisted that she had never tried to kill Steve. 
that it was just she wanted to give him an upset stomach. She wanted to give him diarrhea. Her stories about like the how he his mood was unstable mm-hmm. and how he was mean to her kind of escalated throughout the case of this to where at the time of her sentencing, she was claiming that he was physically abusive mm-hmm. to her, mm-hmm. which is possible. But, yeah. you know, who knows? At her sentencing after she entered the plea and accepted the plea deal, the prosecution kind of laid out their theory that I had already told you, that she'd been poisoning him over a significant amount of time and trying to figure out what would work the best. And over those three days that his family had been unable to reach him, she'd gotten rid of his phone and she'd poisoned him, giving him more and more of the Visine until she'd managed to kill him. Okay, so the phone. Yeah. Are you going to tell me the deal with the phone now? Yeah, the deal was is that she was making him sick and so – so he couldn't reach out to his family and ask for help. She got rid of it. Mm, okay. That's the theory is that she threw it into the lake so that he would be unable to reach out to anyone for help. Oh, that's dark. Yeah. That's really dark. It's really dark. Yeah. Because, yeah, if he's bedridden. Mm-hmm. His family said he was never without his phone. Yep. And they were never able to recover his phone. Oh. Mm-hmm. At her sentencing, Judge Pale, I don't think that's right. I bet his name's probably Paul. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful oh, no. name. <laughs> His parents were Klansmen. <laughs> oh, little baby pale. <laughs> Whose skin was white as snow? <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, anyway, his name, as it turns out, is Judge Paul Birch. Weird. Ew. How'd they come up with that? Okay. At, at Lana's sentencing, he said, this one takes the cake as far as being bizarre. The old saying, what a tangle. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I just started. <laughs> The old saying, what a tangled web we weave, Miss Clayton. You sure have tangled this one up. She tangled it real good, didn't she? (laughs) He said, how can you maintain that you did this to teach him a lesson when it is obvious from the facts that you let him suffer for three days? Yeah, no, she's just a big creepy murderer. I mean, yeah, yeah. Don't know what to tell you, pale. <laughs> <laughs> Lana was sentenced to 25 years in prison. Oh, shit. Uh, the prosecution had asked for 50 years, which was the maximum. Okay, involuntary? Uh, involuntary. I'm sorry, voluntary oh, manslaughter. Voluntary. Okay, okay. Yes, voluntary manslaughter and tampering with a food or drug product. 
How many years did she – do you know how many got, she got for tampering with I don't. I don't know how it breaks down. Okay. That's interesting. It's more than I thought. It is more than I thought too. Yeah. Yeah. Before the judge had imposed her sentence, uh, Steve's goddaughter had given like a victim impact mm-hmm. statement and had asked the judge not to be lenient. She said, Lana Clayton has fooled a lot of people. Don't let her fool you too. Mm-hmm. Steve Clayton was buried in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, just as he had wanted. And that's the story of a poisoning, as it turns out, not a staircase. Wow. (laughs) Switcheroo. (laughs) What you gonna do? It's a switcheroo. (laughs) Pretty good, Brandy. Pretty good. That was, okay, that was very interesting. Yeah. Um, so the 48 Hours episode goes into this a little more at the end of this, that there's a lot of concerns about Visine being so readily available. Well, sure. Because it, it's odorless, it's tasteless, and it's so readily available that people could be doing this left and right. And that scene in Wedding Crashers has led people to believe that it's not as dangerous as it actually is. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. So I'm thinking about what is it? It's antifreeze, right? Oh, yeah. That used to be sweet for yeah. a while. And so killers would put it in Gatorade mm-hmm. and it would be a bad thing where like kids would get a yeah. hold of it and drink it. Yeah. And so they changed the taste of it. But probably a product you put in your eyes, you probably can't. can't there's probably not. Do we want to live in a world without Visine? No, it gets the red out. <laughs> This is not sponsored by Visine, no. obviously. Obviously. All right. You ready for a really sad story? No, it sounds like it's going to be super depressing. It's going to be awful. I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Oh, God. Okay, so here's the thing. I was like, you know, I don't know that I've ever done a story about a trans person on this mm-hmm. podcast. I really don't think I, I have. Don't, no, I don't think And so I was like, well, I'll do one this week. Turns out uh, trans people get murdered a lot. And are treated terribly as a whole in this country. So. Yeah. So if you're looking for a light story about a trans person involving the justice system. Yeah, this isn't it. No. Okay, great. And, I mean, good. if you find one, send it to me. Maybe. Absolutely. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, just buckle up. Nice and depressing. Are you enjoying your beverage? Today? I am. <laughs> Everyone, okay. I'm not an energy drink person. Brandy is, and I love Norm is, yes. and so Norm offered her one of his, and she was like acting like these uh, things. Energy drinks are really expensive, so no, he didn't need really? to waste one on me. Okay, it's not wasting to give a friend <laughs> a beverage. What are you talking about? I am enjoying it very much. How, how much do energy drinks run you? Usually they're like a couple bucks a can. Oh, well, okay. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's not wasting. To give. <laughs> I brought this perfectly good free water with me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, look at you with that thing. (laughs) You guys probably aren't going to be able to eat dinner tonight. No, we can't pay the mortgage (laughs) because Norm gave away our most valuable possession, an energy drink. Drink up, Brandy. (laughs) Hope you enjoy it. (laughs) 
Okay, shout-outs to an episode of 48 Hours titled The Life and Death of Nikki Kuhnhausen. Great episode. Also, after I watched that episode, I was like, oh, I wonder what else is out there. Well, it turns out there's a whole ass podcast about this oh, case shit. called Should Be Alive. So, I mean, when I tell you I binged that thing, yeah. there's seven episodes. I was going to say, we... Like, you only had, like, a day to research I this. am a champion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was in such a terrible mood yesterday. Well, yeah, because you were just, like, listening to that yeah. the whole day. I mean, it's a, it's a great podcast. I don't mean that. But, like, well, obviously, I mean, I'm talking, like, a hardcore binge of just a really sad story. But I was like, what if they've got good info? And yeah. they did have good info. And yeah. now I'm sad. Anyway, yeah. I'm glad we're about to... Just do this thing. Can't All right, agree. here we go. I think you've stalled as much. I, as you can't. I really have. <laughs> Tell me how you're doing today. Okay, Nikki Kuhnhausen knew who she was. Identity issues can be hard for a lot of trans people, but according to Nikki's family, she was always very clear about mm-hmm. her gender identity. And, okay, there are, like, the cutest pictures on Earth to prove this. In one picture, she's, like, very young and she's wearing a tiara. Mm-hmm. Obviously, why wouldn't you? Yeah. In another picture, when she's very young, she's got on this big blonde wig. Uh-huh. And her mom said that it was because, like, the babysitter was a hairdresser, had oh, a bunch yeah. of wigs. And Nikki just could not help yeah. herself. At one point, judging by the photos, she looks like she's maybe four or five. She broke her arm. And when she was asked what color she wanted for her cast, she said pink. So the deal is, like, Nikki had a pretty big blended family, and her brothers hated that she had a pink cast Uh and kind of gave her a really tough time. But her mom, Lisa Woods, was like, hey, it's her arm. It's her cast. I don't care. So she let her get the pink cast. By all accounts, Nikki's mom and dad were very supportive of her and very accepting of her. They understood that from a very early age, she identified as a girl. Mm -hmm. But her childhood wasn't easy. Her parents divorced when she was young, and her dad was kind of in and out of prison. Her mom had substance abuse issues. So there was a time when Nikki and her siblings were in foster care. Mm. But, I mean, Nikki was like a tough cookie. And that's what her friend said on this 48 Hours Uh episode. I have to agree. She was also a ton of fun. Her mom, Lisa, said that when Nikki was in the sixth grade, she decided to be Nikki all the time, not just at home. Mm -hmm. So she started dressing like herself. Yeah. Which I can't fucking imagine how brave you have to be. I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, this is the wildest story to me. Yeah. Ugh. How difficult that must have been. Yeah. I love that her parents were so accepting. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, okay, she was born in, like, 2001. So this would have had to have been, like, what, like, 2013-ish? She's living in Vancouver, Washington, and she's just boldly being herself. And a lot of people loved her for it. She had really close friends who described her as super confident and, like, the life of the party. And as Nikki got older, she found her passion. She got super into makeup. Like, very into makeup. She loved hair and makeup. In fact, when she grew up, she wanted to be Nicki Minaj's hair and makeup artist because she was obsessed with Nicki Minaj. Uh She posted all this stuff on social media of her doing little tributes and Uh stuff. It was really cute. She was also good at makeup. She – I mean kids these days. 
posting all the selfies. Yes. And I got to say, her eyeliner was always just – people can do with makeup. It just mm-hmm. blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Also, she had great cheekbones. But who cares? Not me. Not Shut jealous up. at all. No. <laughs> I want round that's cheeks. That's exactly right. That's uh-huh. what's the hot new thing. <laughs> yeah. Chipmunk cheeks. <laughs> yeah. You know, people are all about those chiseled cheekbones, but uh, that'll change. Yeah, that's Fashions right. Fashions will change. Uh-huh. <laughs> Saw it happen with butts. <laughs> and, you know, cheeks are the butts of the face. That's right. Mm-hmm. Nikki had some pretty serious struggles And those really came about in high school, it seems. Mm -hmm. Her friends said that she became addicted to meth. Mm. She got into fights at school. She stopped going to school quite as frequently. You know, there can be a lot of different reasons for that. Her mom said she didn't go sometimes just because her eyebrows didn't look right. You know, she had to get things right. We've (laughs) all been there. What was funny? (laughs) It's like, that, I mean, that did make me laugh. (laughs) But, um, I was so I was looking at I kind of wanted to add in some statistics so mm-hmm. I started looking into it and the Human Rights Commission did this study where like half of trans kids can't go to the bathroom they want to yeah. go to in their school. Yeah. And it's weird to say that I hadn't thought about that in relationship to her not wanting to be at school. Yeah. But my god, of course. Absolutely. If you can't go to a bathroom, yeah. you're probably already dealing with a bunch of social shit mm-hmm. that you don't want to deal with. And then you've got something really basic like that. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, so – and I don't know that that was the case for her, but mm-hmm. I mean probably, right? Yeah, I'm sure it was – yeah. So – you know, she's getting into drugs. Her friend said that she was getting a little harder to get a hold of. And once when she was 16, Nikki went to her mom and told her, I don't think I can do my homework without being high. Wow. Yeah, it's – I don't know. It. I mean she obviously had a problem, but I'm really amazed that she was able to be open with her mom about yeah. it and get help. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 48 Hours episode, they said that there were many attempts to get Nikki into rehab, but nothing seemed to stick. So I, to me, that doesn't sound like she actually went to rehab. Right. But, you know, there mm-hmm. sounds like there were a lot of conversations about it. And in 2018, Lisa got a call from a detective. He said that Nikki had been shot six times. Oh, my gosh. Lisa, of course, freaked out. She rushed to the hospital and Nikki was there. Hanging out with friends and taking selfies, and her makeup was impeccable. What? <laughs> I, I mean, yes, yeah. Uh, she she really had been shot six times. Oh I, my god! You know, I'm hearing this story for the first time, and I'm like, okay, well, obviously somebody messed up here. No, she really was shot six times. Um, this happened at night, and she'd fled. And knocked on like three different houses to try to get help. Finally, someone helped her and called an ambulance. And just by some sort of miracle, the bullets had missed all the important shit. Oh, my gosh. As any doctor would say. That's exactly what doctors Uh say. Yeah. (laughs) What you've got here is important shit. (laughs) And you're very lucky because the bullets bullets all missed. missed that important shit. Yeah. Yeah. 
boy, I'd I'd feel very at ease if my doctor talked to me like that. Yeah, I bet I could be on that hospital show that I told you all about <laughs> last episode. Children's Hospital. <laughs> no! <laughs> the fact that Nikki lived through that was a miracle. Okay. She told her mom that she'd been shot because she'd gotten into an argument with a guy about drugs, mm-hmm. which again, I was like, I mean, wow. It's a lot of honesty. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. In this podcast, they didn't mention that. Instead, a friend said that she thinks that the shooting happened because Nikki was transgender. Mm -hmm. But Nikki refused to talk to the police. She refused to tell any of her friends or family who shot her. So the guy who shot Nikki was never apprehended. Wow. I'm kind of inclined to go with the friend on this one. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. Um, In the 48 Hours episode, Lisa was interviewed a lot and she talked about how Nikki was very accepted at school. She talked about how, you know, she was so good at makeup and all the cheerleaders wanted Nikki to do their makeup. But in the podcast, they also interviewed her brother. They interviewed her friends and her brother was like, I would get into fights all the time at school because I was beating up people who were being mean to Nikki. Right. And so I wonder if Nikki held some stuff back from her mom to protect her mom a little bit. Yeah, I think that's probably very likely. And especially because trans people are so often targeted for violence, especially Mm -hmm. trans women. I mean, it it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, hang on tight. This story gets even more fun. Great. Yeah. So Nikki kept living her life. She lived a pretty transient life. She crashed on friends' couches. And this feels like the right place to mention that according to the Human Rights Commission, 40% of homeless youth are LGBTQ+. Yeah. But she always kept in touch with her mom. Lisa worked at Walmart and they would talk on the phone before her shifts and they'd text. I mean, they were just always in contact with one another. But one morning in June of 2019, 17-year-old Nikki didn't answer her phone. And Lisa immediately knew that something was wrong. The funny thing was Nikki's best friend, Ariel Fox, wasn't that worried. Nikki was always misplacing her phone or going silent for a while. And she was just like, oh, classic Nikki. Mm -hmm. But Lisa knew in her gut that something was very wrong. So she filed a missing persons report. And that day she took Nikki's sweatshirt and made it into a pillowcase and slept with Nikki's picture and her Bible and prayed that Nikki was safe. Mm. So Nikki was missing. Her friends and family and the local trans community really rallied to find her. They put up missing persons posters everywhere. Side note. Yeah. If I ever go missing, do not put my weight. Fuck no. Absolutely not. Nobody needs to know my weight. (laughs) (laughs) Unless, like Nikki, I weigh like nothing. (laughs) She weighed absolutely nothing. But as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Isn't a picture and a height, like, and a hair color, like, and an eye color. More than enough. Plenty of information. Talk about my tattoos. Uh Uh-huh. Don't you dare. (laughs) 
even think about mentioning even the zone my weight is in. Well, I'll put weight, colon, none of your fucking, fucking business. business. Yes. <laughs> I know that if I did put your weight, you would haunt me for sure. Not for sure would fucking haunt you. I'd be just about to fall asleep. You're a bitch. Yes. <laughs> So they, Wait, what did I threaten to haunt Norm over today? Oh, that's right. Oh. So the second time I, we've talked about me haunting someone. Yeah, because... Oh. What? Um, if I died while I was giving him a haircut. Uh-huh. And then he told people that that was the haircut. <laughs> the half-finished haircut was, like, the what I gave him. And, like, that was the end. I had finished it. <laughs> I told him I'd haunt him. <laughs> that is so on brand for you. To not be like, oh, gosh, I would die. That's sad. Instead, it's, wait, Norm would go to my funeral with half a haircut and say that I had done that. Intentionally done that. That's it. Yeah. I'm haunting haunting the shit out of you. (laughs) So they did everything in their power to find Nikki. They got her added to the Center for Missing and Exploited Children's website. I mean, they were... They were on this, and I think especially that local community knew how common it was for these cases to be just swept under the rug. Absolutely. And they did not let that happen. Mm -hmm. A lot of tips came in. Uh, People thought they'd spotted her just about everywhere. And I will say, you know, normally I like to take a big dookie on the cops. I will not in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) This was a tough disappearance to investigate in that Nikki was not boring. She didn't follow the same routine every day. Yeah. If I go missing, that detective has had a lucky day, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) All right. She's either here or Costco. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. She talks to roughly... Five people on the phone. (laughs) Yep, yep. Pretty easy stuff here. (laughs) So this investigation was kind of slow, tracking down Mm -hmm. all these leads that ultimately went nowhere. Eventually, the two women that Nikki had been staying with decided to tell police everything they knew. Mm -hmm. I say decided because one of the women on the night this all went down, had actually been arrested. Oh. And so, yeah, of course, she gets back in. Maybe she doesn't want to talk to the police. Yeah. So this was, this was a big thing. And it's how investigators got their first solid lead. Nikki's roommates told police that the last time they'd seen her, she'd come home wearing a man's coat, holding a bottle of vodka. This was like the wee hours of the morning. Mm-hmm. And she was saying that she was going out to meet a Russian man who was going to buy her a cell phone. Mm -hmm. And they indicated that she may have been talking with him on Snapchat. Okay. So one of the friends, when when Nikki came home and said this, was like, this isn't a good idea. Don't do this. And she said that Nikki did seem... Are you cold? I am. I'm freezing. (laughs) Turn the fucking fan off. I'm freezing too. Oh, God, that's the light. Oh, my God. Hang on. Did you see me shiver? I did see you shiver. <laughs> um, everyone, not to brag to you all, but Norman and I had to totally get a new, new AC. air conditioner, and it works great. Oh, my gosh. 
I think Norm is so happy with it. He just like lets that thing blow. Oh my god! Yeah, I have been sitting here shivering, <laughs> thinking you were fine, and then I saw you shiver. I was like, "All right, that's it. That's it. Here we go." So anyway, Nikki, Nikki had talked about this with her friend. Her friend's like, "This seems like a bad idea." Yeah, and yeah. she said Nikki didn't seem like really gung ho to go do it, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. It just seemed like a rough situation. Yeah. She wanted to go do this. So, okay, this next part took a while because blah, 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 paperwork, Snapchat. Will you give us everything? No, we won't. You got to do the blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Do you get it? Yeah, they needed a subpoena. We're not going to give you anything without a court order. (laughs) Also, it was really, really cute. On 48 Hours, they explained that Snapchat is a social media site. Yes. Which I want to be snarky, but I don't know much more than that. (laughs) Eventually, they discovered that Nikki had been messaging with a 25-year-old man named David Bogdanoff. And he'd come to pick her up at 5.30 in the morning on the day she went missing. Yeah. That's concerning. So he obviously seemed like exactly who they needed to talk Mm -hmm. to. But they couldn't find him. They called his phone. They left him messages. They even sent him messages on Snapchat. Nothing. But did they send it like from a police account? Yeah. Or did they? Yeah. I think well, so. I mean, maybe you just yeah, set but up I mean, a fake account, like pretend you're a hot girl. Okay, I'm going to be honest. That's initially what I thought. Um, but then on the podcast, they go into more detail. And, and the detective did, I mean, it would scare the shit out of me. Uh-huh. It was like, hey, buddy. <laughs> I'm shaking in my boots right now, Kristen. Hey, the when, way you said "Hey, buddy," just uh-huh. now. Yeah, woo. Yeah. <laughs> That's like I know what you did. I almost bent over and spread them just because. Like, <laughs> that's enough. It's a family podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they talked to his brothers, who I mean. You would think he'd be pretty close with. They all worked together. It was like a family construction. They were able to get in contact with his brothers? Yeah. What? Well, (laughs) (laughs) you're going to have to use your words. (laughs) No, that was a very clear thought just now. Well, surely then they're like covering for him, right? Oh, my. Oh, no. Yes. No. You know Oh, dare you. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, um, they were like, oh, yeah, we, I, I don't really know. I haven't seen him for a while. I haven't seen old Davey in yeah. a hot minute. Um, is his name David? Yeah, it sure <laughs> okay, is. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, we're just not very tight. Don't, don't see Work together every day, but. <laughs> uh-huh. Not so much lately. Um, at some point, and I think this took a while, investigators figured out that David had fled the country. What? Oh, excuse me. Gone on vacation. Oh. Yeah. To where? Totally normal thing. Hang on here. Uh, just a few hours after Nikki was last seen alive, David took a very last-minute trip to Ukraine. He got a one-way ticket. Nothing suspicious about that at right. all. You know how you're always taking last-minute one-way trips out of the country. Yeah. Great. So Nikki's still missing. There's like a bird losing its mind right outside the window. I know. 
It's like the world does not want us to podcast today. We're very distracted. Now, frankly, I'm getting a little hot with the family. <laughs> it's just a mess. <laughs> it did get stuffy very it did. quickly. It did, right? And I was like too embarrassed to be like, well, <laughs> shit, I was so glad to turn that fan off. Uh, so anyway, Nikki's still missing. Her friends and family were, I mean, so worried. Yeah. And again, Lisa knew something very bad had yeah. happened. At one point, she attempted to die by suicide. Oh, gosh. And the lead detective reached out to her and he was pretty stern with her. And he said, I'm going to figure this out, and Nikki is going to need you when I bring her back to you. His name is also David, mm-hmm. so there's a good David and a bad David yeah. in this story. Mm-hmm. This was unimaginably difficult for Lisa. After Nikki went missing, Lisa's husband and Nikki's dad both passed away. Oh, gosh. So she needed support, and luckily a lot of the people who'd heard about her daughter's case were rallying around her. They formed the Justice for Nikki Task Force, which was comprised of trans people and parents of trans people who all wanted to amplify Nikki's story. But months went by and no one could find her. And then came September. Nikki had been missing for about four months. And lo and behold, David finally reached out to investigators. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Four months later? Yeah. Well, oh, you're acting suspicious. I but am. But wait till you hear this. Um, he had just been having some phone trouble. For four months? Yeah. And so he had just now gotten their messages. Oh, so he had to go to Ukraine to get his phone fixed? No, that's a different reason and we'll get to it. Oh, But okay. it's very innocent and I think you'll feel like a real asshole. I doubt it. <laughs> So he's like, oh, hey, hello, how may I help you? And they're like, oh, great, yeah, why don't you come down to the station and talk to us? Yeah. So on October 2nd, David met with the detective and he told the guy a very charming story. I think you're really going to love it. You see, on the evening of June 6th, he'd been out drinking with his brothers, you know, the people he barely sees. Mm -hmm. It was roughly 3 a.m., and he spotted a young woman walking by herself. He was so alarmed. So being the good guy that he was, he walked over to see if she was okay. He offered her his jacket. He offered her a bottle of vodka. He gave her his Snapchat info. And a few hours later, she reached out to him and he came to pick her up. He picked her up because she'd lost her phone and he wanted to help her Either find it or get a new one, you know, you know those like five thirty a.m. emergencies where you gotta. Yeah. But when they were in the car, they got to talking, and that's when Nikki dropped a bombshell. She told him that she was trans, or as David put it, "quote She told me that she's not a she." Oh, for fuck's sake! He was shocked. He was uncomfortable and really, really disturbed. So So he he murdered her. No, you couldn't be more wrong. Okay. You've really jumped to the wrong conclusion. I don't think he's actually a really nice, fun guy. No. Who wouldn't hurt anybody. No. According to his family. Wrong. 
he asked her to please get out of the car because this is just really weird for me. Fuck off. And so she did. And, and that was the last time he ever yeah. saw her. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Brandy, have you heard this story? Are you familiar with this one? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So he drove away and that's the end of the story. No, it's not. It's not. Absolutely not. Yeah. The detective was like I, – I did kind of love the detective because he's like, yeah, that's not how people go missing. No. Nope. That's, that's sure just isn't. not how it happens. It sure isn't. They don't just get out of the car and then but goodbye. Disappear off the face of the earth. No. David told the detective, for me, it's even disturbing when I'm around a gay person or somebody bi or transsexual or something else. I just got disgusted and I asked her to just get out. Okay, well, you're a dick and a murderer. Yeah. Then, totally unprompted, he said, I wish I could help you more, but I'm not a kind of person to – I'm not even a violent person, you know, at all. Nothing. Uh I swear I've never murdered anyone before. That's interesting. Nobody brought that up. Nobody asked you. (laughs) Looking into the disappearance. Yeah. And you are telling us, oh, not no, not me. I'm not even violent. Yeah. Hmm. Holy shit. It was interesting to hear some interviews with this detective because he said it was so frustrating you know you've got your person. Yeah. But they didn't know where Nikki was. They didn't have her body. They didn't know what happened to her. Yeah. And so you got to let them go. Mm-hmm. And then on December 7th, 2019, six months after Nikki went missing, a man was looking for bear grass. On Larch Mountain. Okay, thank you for making that face. What the fuck is bear grass? Exactly. It's so it's this. It's very pretty, actually. You should Google it. It's like it's something people will will go and get, and like you, I guess you can sell them to florists to put in their arrangements and stuff. Ooh, right. Ooh, I love it. Mm-hmm. It's a stout perennial arising from a woody tuber-like <laughs> rhizome. Oh yeah. That's very well said. Did uh, you use your own verbiage? <laughs> yeah, sure yeah. do. You know what? Huh. Leaves are a dull olive green and typically two to eight decimeters long. Decimeters? That's right. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're two to four millimeters wide. Yeah, I was, I was about to say probably yeah. probably two or four. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you're more familiar with its scientific name, Xerophyllum tinax. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I believe that's in Visine. You got to be careful with that. A lot of people take it to help them take a shit. Myself, I just, you know, have a fiber one bar and call it a day, you know? Did I tell you about the time I ate three fiber one bars in one day? <laughs> I think you should tell the people. <laughs> it's a real mistake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what I love about this is you and I had the same story with fiber one bars. Mm-hmm. We thought 
That they did not affect us. I thought us. they didn't do anything to me. I had a box of them in my office at mm-hmm. work. And then one day, it was like a super busy day. And like I didn't have, I didn't bring a lunch. I didn't mm-hmm. have like time to go get <laughs> anything. And so just like between clients, I was down in <laughs> fiber one bars. I ate three of them and probably like a six hour time period. And you were a ticking time bomb. My, my stomach <laughs> bloated up. So I thought I was either going to just burst or just like blow away like a balloon, <laughs> like in the air, just starts to fall out, come out of it. <laughs> so, what did ultimately happen, Brandy? Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I don't really remember if I ended up like. I mean, they had to come out somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I had dinner plans that night with my sister and you my were gonna cousin. Get together and eat more fiber. No, bars. so we went to Granite City, which has this like Caesar salad that I love, and it comes like with this like at the time I don't know if they saw it. Uh-huh. Came with like this flatbread and stuff, and I fucking loved it. I ordered it. I couldn't take a bite of it because my stomach was so bloated. Really? I sat there and looked at my Caesar salad. <laughs> That's that's a really sad well, story. This is really sad. <laughs> My story is <laughs> Norman bought fiber one bars. Uh-huh. Um, I like I said, didn't think they affected yeah. me at all. At all. Um, we were flying to Kansas City, mm-hmm. and um, so I just needed like a quick. Snack. So I grabbed a fiber one bar, put it in my purse. And while we were at the airport, I went to the Starbucks, got myself a coffee. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Coffee and a fiber one bar. (laughs) Just going to shoot right through you. Well, (laughs) so we get on the plane, and you know, I've really done a number on myself. (laughs) And okay, I hate airplane bathrooms. I've literally never been into an airplane bathroom. Yeah, you should never go in yeah. one. This stuff about, you know, people having sex in there, that's that's nuts. Disgusting. That is appalling. <laughs> There's nothing sexy about it. That is disgusting. Anyway, so I was just refusing. Yeah. And yeah, I I mean I made it, but it wasn't pretty. <laughs> I thought I was going to die that day. And on top of that, I was really, really hungry. Of so course. I looked in my bag and all I had was another, another fiber one bar. bar. <laughs> no good can come of this. <laughs> that was the last time I had a fiber one bar. I haven't had a fiber one bar since either. <laughs> this podcast is not sponsored by fiber one. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad product. Just don't get cocky with yeah. it. Don't be like, oh, these don't, <laughs> these don't me. do anything to me. <laughs> oh, God. So anyway, this man was searching for bear grass on Large Mountain. Yeah. Boy, we really took, took a it. wild turn. Yeah. And he came across a human skull. Oh, shit. So investigators came out to the scene. They found more remains as well as a jacket, bandana, underwear, a watch, some jewelry, and a phone cord that had been very carefully tied. And I've been trying to figure out, like, how do you describe it? It was tied into, like, a circle, mm-hmm. about a four-inch. Yeah. 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 So she'd been strangled with the four. 
phone cord. Yes. Yeah. And in one of the knots of the phone cord were what appeared to be ripped out hair extensions. Yep. Uh, they didn't immediately know that this was Nikki. There were unfortunately quite a few missing people who this could have been. But Nikki had a big presence on social media. So investigators took the jewelry and clothing they'd found in the woods and they went through Nikki's photos. And sure enough, they found pictures of her wearing that bandana, wearing that jacket, wearing that jewelry. Mm-hmm. Later, a medical examiner would determine that the phone cord they'd found had been used to strangle Nikki. Once they determined that the remains were, in fact, Nikki's, they got David back into the interrogation room. Mm -hmm. And for this interrogation, David was dressed like a patriotic burglar. Um, Okay, yeah, you want to guess what that is? It it was a very wild outfit to me. I'm not sure. I was like, what what did they catch him doing? (laughs) Yeah, what was he in the middle of? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. He was wearing a black beanie, uh-huh. a black long sleeve shirt, uh-huh. black pants that said NASA on them and had a little American flag underneath, oh. and black tennis shoes. Okay. Hmm. Honestly, it was like they had just caught him going up to a bank like, did he, did he, did he, did he, Holding one of those big canvas bags with a dollar sign on it? Not yet. He was going for it. <laughs> they didn't immediately tell him that they'd found Nikki's body. Instead, they just asked him to reiterate his story, mm-hmm. and he did. He told them that after he kicked Nikki out of his car, he drove straight to work, straight to Portland, Oregon. He was going to a job site. And Detective David, i got to say... It was Detective Jenkins. Oh, David Jenkins. Yeah. No, no, no. Jensen. Okay, great. <laughs> Sorry. David J. <laughs> it's, it's for sure Jensen. <laughs> Unless it's Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I was thinking of Billy Jensen. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, oof, not that guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so I remember now. Okay. okay. So... Detective Jensen, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> He's loving this. He's in one of those rolly office chairs. Yeah. He's just a swinging back and mm-hmm. forth. And he said, David, buddy, I don't know if you know this, but cell phones go ping, <laughs> cell towers go pong, and we know your location all, all the day, day long. <laughs> Or at least that's what he was thinking in his head. What he said out loud was, at the time we last talked, I didn't have the benefit of all your phone records. But I do now. (laughs) So David told David that the pings of the pongs showed him going to Larch Mountain, not Portland. Oh, weird. Yeah, super strange. Large Mountain? Uh, Larch. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Oh, As I was a, like, we didn't get real creative with the naming. <laughs> <laughs> Close right to medium. To medium <laughs> oh, God. Same stupid joke. We are so cool. <laughs> yeah. So he says this, and David got very quiet, mm. shrugged. And the detective goes, what happened on that trip? And David said, 
I think I want to talk to a lawyer. Mm. This detective could not help himself. He was like, okay, okay. Uh, you're being arrested for the murder of Nikki Kuhnhausen, whose remains were found today, who was strangled to death. You know, he's just like, yeah, giving each little, like, uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh. And David just sat there shaking his stupid head. Mm-hmm. His head was stupid. A lot of people said that, not just me. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the 48 Hours episode, actually. <laughs> yeah. You know how they do the voiceover. His head was stupid. <laughs> I was like, that seems unnecessary that's, to say, but, but I'm including it. it hey, like you like had to I include, include yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. Just that's what they said. Yeah. So what What am I supposed to do? Not include the thing about his stupid head? <laughs> people paid very close attention to this case. Because violence against trans people is so common, specifically against trans women of color, and it's pretty fucking common for the person who commits the violence to just – not even be arrested. This was a little tough in that there was no physical evidence tying David to Nikki's murder. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're making the face. Mm -hmm. Like you've given up on everything. No, I'm not. I'm not giving up. Okay. Investigators couldn't be sure where exactly she was murdered. So for that reason, prosecutors charged David with second degree murder, but also malicious harassment. Which is the way they pronounce hate crime in Washington, right? I mean, no, it is hate crime, but I'm I'm yeah. Why not just call it a hate crime? I mean, as long as they charged him with it, I'm I'm happy with that. All right. At a press conference after David was arrested, Lisa told the media that she believed with all her heart that her daughter had been killed because she was transgender. Mm -hmm. I mean, David told us as much. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. He had nothing to He was like, hey, leave. Yeah, I okay. feel weird. Mm-hmm. Sure. He specifically said he was not violent. Well, right. Maybe you're forgetting right. that part. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. David's trial was initially delayed due to COVID, but finally kicked off in the fall of 2021. Oh, dang. I know. Everyone in the courtroom wore masks, obviously, mm-hmm. but Nikki's friends and family wore bright pink masks in her honor. Mm, that's amazing. The prosecution argued in their opening statement that David murdered Nikki after finding out that she was transgender. They said, The defendant murdered Nikki because his respect for human life was outweighed by his hatred for those who are gay and those who are transgender. The defense claimed in their opening statement that David did not kill Nikki because she was transgender. He killed her in self-defense because she had attacked him. No. Right. No. You're – No, no. Buckle up because this gets so stupid. He would testify in his own defense so they could hear this whole story for themselves. I thought the defense's opening argument was kind of stupid because they were like, you know, this is really just like a novel. It's like a novel. And you got to wait till you get to the end of the novel to really know what's going on because, you know, the prosecution's going to say this one thing, make you think this one thing. But then you get to the end of the book and all of a sudden it's something different. And so that's what's going to happen here. 
It's like, no, this is not a novel. This is not a novel. It's, in fact, real life. (laughs) And someone was murdered. And it all kind of lines up. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, there's not a lot of mystery here. Right. Which is what I like in a good novel. Uh It's a mystery. Yeah. Which is not what's happening here. Not what's happening here, just to be clear. The prosecution called experts who testified about the Snapchats, about the cell phone records. They showed the jury a picture of the murder weapon. They called David's now ex-girlfriend to the stand, and she said that their relationship had started out great, but then he started drinking heavily and he had no money. So apparently he would make like a bunch of money on these job sites and then just blow Blow it. it. So somehow like he didn't have a place to live even though he made really good money. So he would kind of, you know, I think hang out with his brothers, but they never saw each other. So I don't know how that works. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm being – There's the mystery. (laughs) (laughs) There is the mystery. It is like a novel. (laughs) (laughs) She said that the night that Nikki was murdered, she and David got into a fight, and all of a sudden she didn't hear from him for like six weeks. She had no idea where he was. She she, she didn't know he went to Ukraine? No. <gasps> no. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. She was so freaked out. She checked hospitals. She thought that something was terribly wrong yeah. with him. She asked his family where he was, and all they would say was that he'd explain it when he got back. When he finally did come back, he told her that he'd gone to Ukraine to get help for his drinking problem. That's the only place they have rehab. <laughs> That's exactly right. We should get some rehab centers in America. <laughs> they shouldn't only be in Ukraine. Yeah. Okay. Also, he the was fuck? <laughs> <laughs> He was super disgusted by gay people and one time they went to a mall together and they saw a gay couple and David was like, "Ew, I'm disgusted." This guy's a fucking dick and a murderer. Yeah. You can be more than one thing. You can. He's really proven it. Yeah. One point of contention at the trial was that the prosecution, I don't know if they believed that the murder may have taken place in David's work van, but in the Snapchat conversation, David told Nikki that he'd be picking her up in a white van. And the prosecution had photos that showed that in that work van was rope and a knife mm-hmm. and handcuffs. And that really pissed the defense off. They were like, there's no evidence that those were used in a crime. The defense called this malarkey of the highest order. They did not. Yes, they did. <laughs> this guy used the word malarkey, malarkey. multiple times. <laughs> malarkey. <laughs> I guess he felt like he couldn't say bullshit. In yeah. Malarkey. Malarkey. It's a good word. What do you think of that? Not malarkey. So, I mean, obviously in a construction vehicle, some stuff, I mean, you're some probably going to have rope. I don't know. Well, you're not going to Exactly. Thank yeah. you. You're not going to have handcuffs. No. They asked for a mistrial on the grounds of prosecutorial misconduct. Uh-huh. And what the judge say about that? Well, first the prosecution had to talk. Just keep okay, your pants sorry. on. <laughs> the prosecution said, you know, hey, maybe these weren't used in the crime, but he's arguing self-defense. 
and we're trying to show what other tools were at his disposal potentially in this self-defense argument. And the judge sided with the prosecution. He said, look, you're arguing self-defense and we have a situation where only two people can say what happened and one of them is dead and it looks like the other may take the stand and that means the prosecution has quite a bit of leeway here. Mm -hmm. Motion for mistrial. Denied! So the prosecution rests. The prosecutor looked at the defense and was like, in your face! (laughs) Yeah. And some people Malarkey said, boy! <laughs> Little malarkey boy! <laughs> so the prosecution rested and the defense called their only witness, David. Fucking David. What's the... Okay. okay. That's their only witness? Mm-hmm. <gasps> okay. What did David say? David said that he was Ew, taught... gay people. <laughs> I mean, yeah, basically... <laughs> He was taught um, and he you know, came from a culture and religion where being part of the LGBTQ plus community is a sin. But he didn't hate gay people or trans people. Not hateful at all. It was just, you know, they were going to hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it when people make this argument. Yeah. Love the sinner, hate the sin. Blow it out your ass. Yeah. You, you can't do that. No. He said, especially when you're talking about something that you're calling a sin that is like a core of a person's being, right? Their identity, right? You're calling their identity a sin. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's wrong on so many levels. I, I just like it drives me nuts when religious people mm-hmm. try to play that game of. Oh, I love you. I just don't love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. No, you're judging all the day long. Yeah. No, you're you fucking don't love bigot. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take your love elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> he said that when Nikki was in his car with him, she was smoking something out of a pipe and he was like, Oh, oh my, what's that? It smells so strange. Is that pot? And she was like, No, it's meth. Which, give me a fucking break. Yeah. Yeah. No one is like, oh my, is that pot? (laughs) When someone's smoking meth. Meth, no. Uh Uh-huh, no. She invited him to get in the back seat with her. But before he did so, he put his gun between the driver's seat and the console. And this was totally normal. He always had his gun on him except for when he went to church, at which point he left the gun in the vehicle. Nikki was not freaked out by this gun because he told her he had a conceal and carry permit. Okay. David said they made out for a while, touched each other, and he got emotional as he told the jury that Nikki touched him in his private area. Yeah. She touched my bathing suit area. Yeah, my no-no zone. (laughs) And then he touched Nikki's private area. And he lost it. Yeah, and he fucking murdered her. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Except for let's listen to his bullshit. Okay. He said, I was in shock. I'd just been deceived. I freaked out. I push her. I push her back. He said, he freaked out telling her, you didn't tell me you're a dude. He called her a disgusting piece of crap. 
Later, the prosecution would get him to admit that he'd called her a disgusting piece of shit. He screamed at her, told her to get out of his car, and she kicked him. And she jumped up and went toward the center console, toward his gun. Yeah. He said, I'm thinking, you know, I was just deceived by this person and this person's high on meth. And all I can think is, oh, my God, I'm going to get shot right now. He said he tried to hold Nikki back. He grabbed her by the jacket, but the material was so slippery. So he did the only thing he could think to do. He reached for a cell phone cord. By the way, some people were worried about how that cord was knotted, how, you know, like I said, it was in that little Mm -hmm. four-inch circle. But according to David, that's just how he kept his phone cord. That was just good phone cord management. Mm -hmm. It's a very long phone cord, so, you know. Mm -hmm. He said he wrapped the cord around her and pulled her back, trying to keep her from getting the gun. He'd wrapped it around her chest, but as they struggled, it went up to her neck, and she was hitting him, trying to gouge his eyes. And she died. His first thought was to call the police, but then he figured they wouldn't believe him. He wasn't sober. There were drugs in his car. There was a dead person. Yeah. It was all very sad for him. No. He said, no. This was a very humiliating thing that happened to me. I just wanted to put this behind me. Fuck this guy. So he took Nikki's body to Larch Mountain and he dumped her there. He left the country a few hours later to get help with his drinking problem. Oh, my God. He said, I likely would not have been in this situation if I hadn't been drinking. You likely wouldn't have murdered someone if you hadn't been drinking. Are you fucking kidding me? Ugh. This guy's terrible. I know. And it's upsetting because it makes me think of a couple nights ago when you and I had two margaritas before we recorded the podcast. And we had no choice but to murder people. Right. Yeah. If only we hadn't been drinking. The prosecution's cross-examination of David was quite fun, in my opinion. They pointed out the size difference between David and Nikki. Okay, so yeah, let's let's pause here. First of all, let's let's try to believe his story. She's reaching for the gun. You're in the back seat with someone, they're reaching for a gun. What do you do? Wouldn't you also be trying to reach for the gun? Yeah. Or if you're so much bigger than she is, Knock her back. I mean, yeah, because you said she's tiny, right? So like she weighed nothing. She's five eight, and I mean, weighed very little. Yeah, we'll get into their stats oh, okay. here in a minute. But like, even even if it plays out exactly how he says, that's a weird. Sorry, I'm spitting everywhere because I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> spitting like, mad like that's an where angry that camel. Race comes from. <laughs> but like, you know, to grab a phone cord in supposedly this heat of the moment where you're no it makes no sense no so the prosecution pointed out the size difference between david and nikki and david knew this didn't look good the prosecution was like you're six two right 
And he's like, oh, well, you know, I'm I'm more like 6'1". <laughs> it's like, oh, my dude. First time in the history of the earth that a guy has <laughs> made a shorter. shorter. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm sorry, one inch yeah. and all of a sudden now we've leveled the playing field. <laughs> and the prosecution's like, okay, your driver's license says you're 6'2". And I, this part was on the podcast. I couldn't tell if it was the defense attorney mm-hmm. or if he responded and said, well, you know, the DMV doesn't check that. Mm-hmm. And the prosecution said, OK, you were about 200 pounds at the time of this attack. And he was like, well, you know, maybe more like 190. So I was like, oh, OK, we're talking about an inch <laughs> and 10 pounds. Great. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> You're really making it look so yeah. much better. They asked about Nikki. They said, you know, Nikki was about 110 pounds. And he was like, well, you know, it was hard to tell. She had a jacket on. Uh, but I'd say more like 130. <laughs> okay, dude. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Such utter bullshit. In closing arguments, the prosecution said that this case wasn't about fear. This whole thing was about hate, yeah. shame, and rage. Yeah. The hate, shame, and rage that he felt after finding out that Nikki was transgender. And finding out that he was attracted to a transgender person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing. So they they talked to some jury members about this. And I, I thought it was so interesting. So during David's testimony – here I am going back and forth on stuff. During David's testimony, he got emotional. Mm-hmm. But he got emotional when he told the part of the story about finding out that Nikki was trans. Mm -hmm. He did not get emotional Mm -hmm. when he talked about the part in the story where he's allegedly fearing for his life. Mm -hmm. Didn't get emotional when it came to killing her. No. No. Isn't that fucking interesting? He never feared for his life. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting to me, though. He's up there spewing bullshit, Mm -hmm. and he's not smart enough to know, Mm -mm. (laughs) you know? Yeah. Defense attorney Matthew Hoff said that, quote, Nikki Kuhnhausen is not here today, not because she was transgender, but because Mr. Bogdanoff was put in a life and death situation. No. The jury del- that is malarkey. Malarkey of the highest order. That's I correct. Say. Mm. The jury deliberated for nearly three days. They ultimately found David guilty of second degree murder and guilty of malicious harassment. Two weeks later, Lisa asked the judge for the maximum sentence. David was given the opportunity to address the court, to address Nikki's family, and he declined. Wow. Judge David Gregerson got emotional as he delivered the sentence. Not David's in this case. Oh, my gosh. That is another David. Good. <laughs> it's too many. It's a lot of Davids. <laughs> so many Davids. So many Davids. He, he delivered a really nice uh, speech, and I mm-hmm. didn't write any of it down. Okay. That's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> he, the part that got me was he talked about – how much it meant to see people rally around Nikki yeah. and rally around her family. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, people didn't do this because they are rich 
because they're well connected, mm-hmm. because they're celebrities. Mm-hmm. You know, they did this because Nikki mattered. Oof. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps too. Yeah. 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 Yes, because Nikki mattered. Yeah. Yeah. He gave David the maximum sentence, 19 and a half years, plus a year to be conserved concurrently for the hate crime. That's it? Yeah. 19 and a half years is the maximum? Yeah. Lisa talked about this, and I thought this was interesting. He took somebody's life. Yeah. She talked about how upsetting it was because, you know, obviously there are people who have drug problems and stuff. And she said, you know, if someone who has any kind of history of arrest for like drugs or anything were to go out and do this, their sentence would be so much longer. Mm -hmm. But because he didn't have anything else, he got this really light sentence. Yeah, that is an extremely light sentence. And I'm sorry, you're found guilty of a hate crime and it's a year? Yeah. I mean, so I'm with you. The sad thing is, like, for someone to be found guilty for murdering a trans woman, Mm -hmm. like, that's kind of rare. Yeah. And uh, so it's like it doesn't feel like a victory victory. But yeah. Yeah. This whole experience really got Lisa active in the trans community. About a year before this went to trial, she pushed for Washington Governor Jay Inslee to sign Nikki's law, which would stop defendants from using the LGBTQ plus panic defense. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to define that term. This comes from the LGBTQ bar, and here's what they say. The LGBTQ panic defense strategy is a legal strategy that asks a jury to find that a victim's sexual orientation or gender identity slash expression is to blame for a defendant's violent reaction, including murder. It is not a freestanding defense to criminal liability, but rather a legal tactic used to bolster other defenses. When a perpetrator uses an LGBTQ panic defense, they are claiming that a victim's sexual orientation or gender identity not only explains but excuses a loss of self-control and the subsequent assault. So. Explains and excuses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the governor signed Nikki's law. They knew that this technically couldn't impact David's trial because he murdered Nikki before the law went right. into effect. But it would stop anyone else from using the LGBTQ plus panic defense. Mm-hmm. So now Washington is one of just 16 states that has that legislation. Wow. And OK, another part of this should be a live podcast that I loved. They had this researcher on who has researched this defense. Yeah. And he said that now, you know, obviously this was more popular in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. It's less likely that juries are going to buy this today, which made me happy. And then I, of course, being pessimistic, I was like, well, shit, well, do we even need this legislation if people aren't going to buy it anymore? But what he said was that the panic defense does seem to have an effect when it comes to getting a lesser charge. Oh, I would. Yeah. 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 So to answer the question, yeah, we We do do need need it. it. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Yeah, I could absolutely see how that would. I want to end with a quote from Lisa just because she she and it was so neat to hear like 
Nikki's friends talk about mm-hmm. what a bright, shining person she was. Mm-hmm. And Lisa put it in a way that I kind of liked. She said, she carried glitter with her and spread it all around. She was an amazing young woman. Mm. And that's the story of the murder of Nikki Kuhnhausen. That is terribly sad. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I 19 and a half years for murdering someone does not seem like Mm-mm. enough. But I, I get what you are saying about how a conviction in a, the murder of a transgender person lots of times doesn't happen. So, yeah, I mean— it's it's shockingly little time yeah. to me. Yeah, I agree. The other thing I didn't I didn't write this down, but there was a big concern about bail. Oh, yeah. for this guy. Because you know, he was I'm sorry, clearly a flight risk. Obviously. So, the prosecution tried to argue, let's not even make this a possibility. Yeah. And then they said, "Okay, but if you do make it a possibility, let's set it at 6 million dollars." Yeah. And the judge initially set it at like $750,000. Wow. And people rightfully flipped out. Yeah. Because like if that's not a sign of where this is headed. No kidding. I think the judge might have taken that to heart a little bit. Mm-hmm. He did raise it to I think it was $2 million. Mm-hmm. David didn't get out. Yeah. How do you spell Kuhnhausen? O-K-U-H-N-H. A-U-S-E-N. I want to look Nikki up. She's cute as a baby. She's so cute. Oh, my God. Her eyeliner's amazing. Mm-hmm. I told you. Yeah. Fuck her cheekbones. I know. We're not jealous, so uh, just stop. It's totally, fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. You know what I think we ought to do right now? Should we? take some questions from our discord i think we should but how do they get in here to get into our discord all you have to do is join our patreon at the five dollar level or higher that gets you access to the discord where you can chitty chat the day away with other listeners and then on recording days we ask for questions (laughs) judge jerst redurst Asks, with the new Supreme Court decisions coming out, how do you feel about our justice system as of currently? Oh, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Beautifully said. Yeah. It's amazing, amazing we're not, like, interviewed on news programs. I know. It, it sucks. sucks. Well, Tim, it sucks, sucks. out here. <laughs> the whole thing's a fucking scam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hate yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, everything sucks and I hate it. Uh, yeah, this country is a shithole. Yeah. Oh Gosh, where did I get that terminology? Can't remember. Anyway. <laughs> I see fat legs says, is there a stereotype about Americans that annoys you? Is there one you think is completely true? I kind of think all the rumors are true. Yeah, they kind of are. <laughs> <laughs> all the rumors are true. <laughs> Ooh, Trans Am Princess asks, will you be willing to do a trivia night at Obsess Fest? I know they will have a karaoke night. Trivia and game night is more my speed than singing and watching others sing. We may have been asked if we'd be willing to participate in some sort of gameplay. I really hope that I'm not put on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> 
obviously Brandy was very basically here's a here's the deal. <laughs> Anything they asked us to do, we were yeah, like, we yeah. told them we would do anything they want us to do. And one of the things they asked about involves like some yeah trivia and like game show type things. And I was like, hell yes, we're all in for that. And Kristen was like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be there too. <laughs> <laughs> I will also be in attendance. <laughs> Ooh, Pumpkin Spice asked Brandy if you had to get a tattoo of an LGTC inside joke, what would you get? I'm thinking Juvenile Bigfoot. You know what I think I would get? What? Okay, that cross stitch that someone just sent us. Oh, yeah. Of the Dixon Cider can. Uh-huh. I would totally get that as a tattoo. <laughs> Where would you put it on your body? Um, Like somewhere that wouldn't show regularly. Yeah, Probably like your on vagina. my thigh or something. Okay. I think that'd be cute. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, right up your alley, says Kristen. Since Brandy is a never nude, please tell me you randomly walk by her naked while y'all are recording the episodes. <laughs> you totally would. And oh, you would absolutely. Think nothing of it. I wouldn't care. Are you <laughs> no. kidding me? I would be naked in front of you all day long. <laughs> yeah, I have just never been. Yeah. I don't know. Never been that worried about it. I mean,. I've always had roommates and, you know, every now and then you have the roommate who insists on hiding in the bathroom to yeah. flop out her titties. Not me. Not you. Mm-hmm. You'll flop those titties out any old where. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I'm impatient. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's not that, like, I want you to see no. my beef, but, you know, if we're talking about then I have to like walk, yeah, all the way to a bath. Wait for the bathroom to open. No, yeah, no. I'm just dropping the overalls, as they say. <laughs> How often are you wearing overalls? You know what? I'll tell you the truth. Haven't worn them since the fifth grade, but I would like a pair. I have a pair, and they're just regular overalls, but I only wore them while I was pregnant. I know. Because I felt like that was the excuse, like, to wear them. You don't I would like to still wear them now, though. Wear them. I might. I might bust what them out. Is, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't – I don't know. It doesn't feel age-appropriate or body-appropriate to me. Body-appropriate? Yeah. You know, that's a, a – I know. It's a whole – it's a whole me thing. Believe mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this code for press fast forward on whatever you're about to say? All right. Well, just know that I'm giving you the look. <laughs> oh, this seems like stuff you've done. What? Gadriel wants to know, have you ever tried the Impossible or Beyond Burgers or any other plant-based oh, yeah. meat? Oh, yeah. Eat a lot of plant-based meat? I you? mean, not a lot, but yeah, I've tried them all. Yeah. I like them. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to look at me like that. I'm very happy for you. <laughs> Are you? Are you? Yes, I am. You seem disgusted. <laughs> no, I think they're good. Again, I'm very happy for you. Um, the Burger King Impossible. Oh burger? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. People like it. I bought some Morningstar Farms chicken patties one time because okay. I was going to be. I saw a thing that people like. You know. This is how you lead a healthy life or you live a happy life. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. They sat in my freezer for months. I never ate them. Well, that's quite a story. (laughs) That's the whole story. (laughs) 
Lizzie Borden wants to know, has Kristen seen an episode of Bluey yet? Oh, yeah. I watch it all the time. You do not. She has not. No, she hasn't seen lock a single me up. episode of it. Lock me up. I have no children. <laughs> I'm in my 30s, <laughs> though I look like I'm in my mid-20s. And, uh, yeah, no, that'd be really weird. Lollipopper asks, what is each of your wheelhouse for books? I like a thriller, psychological thriller, or like a mystery. That's what I mostly read. What do you, what do you got? You like romance? No. Um, you like those bodice rippers? <laughs> no, I'm not against those. <laughs> so my critique partner writes romance. Uh-huh. So I I do read yeah. quite a bit of romance. But yeah. it's not like... If I'm on my own, that's not like what I pick uh-huh. up. I don't know. I I kind of like, like a lot. I do like a lot You're of a slut stuff. for books. Here's the thing. I'm I'm not that into a male protagonist. Oh, so yeah. you're gonna have to trick me. The cover's gonna have to get me, yeah. and then you know I get sucked in. Yeah, but there you go. Yeah, I strangely feel the same way. I don't like a male protagonist either. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. I tell you the truth, I don't read a lot of male authors either. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I read almost exclusively female yep. authors. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it took me a while to realize that, but yeah, yeah I just um there's like male like comedy authors and like memoir mm-hmm. authors that I like, but like who? Augustine Burroughs. Oh love yeah. Him. Yeah. David Sedaris. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. That's end of list. list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Ooh, my uncle was a tree. Asks Brandy as a never nude. How did you feel about skin to skin contact for mother baby bonding? And did you ever do that with London? I did. I did skin to skin. You put your ankle next to her ankle. Stop it! No, I put her on my chest, but then I completely covered myself back up. I wasn't like sitting like tits out or anything. Mm -hmm. And which I know a lot of women do. I'm like. That would be me. Yeah. No, I. So I put her like inside my gown Mm -hmm. and laid her there. Yeah. With me. Yeah. Um, I am <laughs> concerned that I am turning London into a never nude <laughs> because I basically always have her clothed and she would probably love to run around with no clothing on. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't think for a second that I'm forgetting that one time when Casey was watching her, she was in a diaper and you were just like, oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> I don't like an unclothed baby. <laughs> my mom sent me a picture one day. You know, my mom watches London and mm-hmm. she had taken her to the pool and then they'd come back and she'd taken off of her, like off her s- swimsuit and stuff. Yeah. And then she was just running around playing. She has like a shopping cart uh-huh. and I was just running around completely naked. naked. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> go little naked baby, go. <laughs> And she's just, like, living her best life. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'm nothing like you, mother. (laughs) I do whenever she takes a bath. Uh So I hold her and we stand in front of the mirror and I, like, show her her cute little booty and Uh stuff. Because I do want her to be comfortable with her body. Yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I want her to be way more comfortable with her body than I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely my hope for her. So I probably should let her, like, be naked a little more often. You should be naked more often. Okay. Book the brakes, Kristen. You know, 
I knew when I said it. I might as well have just said, you should eat a tarantula. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Kenneth Cole's reaction says if you could have a fictional character from TV, a book, a movie, etc. as a friend, who would it be? I have two. Who? David from Schitt's Creek. Uh-huh. I want to be his best friend. Yeah. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that just came Second out. Second best. Uh-huh. <laughs> Too late. And Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah, oh, you're Oh, my obsessed. gosh. David and I have just watched Ted Lasso. It is such a good show. Yeah. It's so good. It's really like an uplifting feel-good show, which mm-hmm. I did not expect going in at all. Like, I was kind of reluctant to watch it for a long Were time. Were you really? Because yeah, I was like, I don't want to watch a fucking show about soccer. You are such a soccer <laughs> hater. Yeah, it is It is a heartwarming show, and I like yeah. There's some references to Kansas City. Yep, absolutely. And I'm always the dork who's like, oh my god, did oh you my see? God. Look at his t-shirt. I yeah. know what that means. Okay. What? He mentions an elementary school in the show. Do you know this? No. Which elementary school? Well, I'm pretty sure your mom was the school nurse at this elementary. Brooklyn? Yes! Oh! <laughs> oh, my gosh! I'm clearly not caught up on on Ted Lasso, but I did. I, I feel like I watched the first season. I loved it. <laughs> oh, Blair asks, any tips for negotiating a separation? Oh. oh that's such a tough one. Um, first of all, Sorry that you're yeah. going through that. That's super, super tough. My best advice for that, and this is way easier said than done, is attempt to be logical and as unemotional as possible. Mm-hmm. But that is way easier said than done. Yeah. And also ask for what you want and what you deserve. Yeah. Well, and I I think that's funny because, like, I think sometimes when people hear – I think especially women. When we mm-hmm. hear, like, attempt to be logical mm-hmm. and unemotional, that can sometimes translate to ripping ourselves off. Yeah. Honestly. I, oh, I completely and agree. No. Think about it logically. Yes. Think about the time you Absolutely. put in. Absolutely. And, yeah, that, that means something. Yeah. And also, don't worry too – I love how I'm not in this situation. But I'm like, let me tell you. No, I would say don't worry too much about how the other person feels about oh, yeah. what you're asking for. Yes. Because I guess that's kind of what I mean. It won't matter. Well, and at that's kind all. of what I mean about be try to remain unemotional about yeah. it. Because I, yeah, I think that was very much a factor for me. Mm-hmm. Is like. I don't want to be mean. I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's not mean. No. To say, here's what I think I deserve. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, if you say, here's what I think I deserve, you jackass. <laughs> You've got a stupid head. You know, that's. I mean, also, you should probably say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's just being logical. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I think this is interesting. Let's go eat pork says, what do you think your neighbors call you? We call one set Merica and the other Megan because she has to be named that. (laughs) I think my boyfriend and I are just the stoners. What do you think you guys are? I think they probably call us bougie because I'm bougie as fuck. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I bet we're the bougie couple next door. (laughs) (laughs) Or the the bougie family next door. Yeah. What do you think your neighbors call you? 
The dog people. Yeah, the dog people. The for dog sure. people. For yeah, there's like no question. Yeah. The sad thing is, like, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing you'd rather be called by your neighbors. First of all, well, yeah, you're very proud to be the dog people. Yeah, happy to be the dog yes. people. But I mean, like, I remember growing up, mm-hmm. like, there are certain neighbors who I can still hear. There was this neighbor who had two dogs, Sadie and Dexter, mm-hmm. and she would let him out. And when she called him in, she always used the same voice, Sadie, Dexter. <laughs> and I just know that my voice calling Dottie and Kit into the house is like ingrained in my neighbor. Like, oh, oh God. <laughs> um, the other day, <laughs> Norman and I were driving around and we saw this very intense woman. Walking her dog. Yeah. And she was all business. She had on a sun hat. She clearly had like a dog walking outfit on. Uh And she was moving and grooving. And I was like, oh, my God. Do I look like that when I walk the dogs? (laughs) Norman goes, you 100% look like that. (laughs) I wear wear my visor. He's like, I thought that was you for a minute. I have a belt that I wear. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. it's, it's all pretty cool is what I'm telling you. Sounds cool. And I'm trying to get my zone minutes, Brandy. So if you think I'm just lollygagging around. Do you get those arms pumping? I do. <laughs> Not the least bit surprised. Not the least bit. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Should we do some inductions yeah, here? Let's move on to Supreme Court inductions. To get inducted on this podcast, all you have to do is join us at the $7 level or higher on Patreon. We are continuing to read your names and your favorite cookies. <laughs> uh, people are starting to uh, kind of riot in the Discord about this uh, this induction topic. We thinking about mixing it up anytime soon? I mean, we could. We could. I will say we've had a very good run with cookies. We have had a very good it run with cookies. It takes a long time for people to get upset about cookies. Yes. All right. Nicole Hansen. Nestle Tollhouse Classic Chocolate Chip. Rachel Osler. My Daughter's Chocolate Chip Cookies. Meredith Bowman. Thin Mints. Kara Smith. Oob Cookies. <laughs> what is Ube? that? Ube? Ube? Ube Cookies. Ube Cookies. Ube Cookies. <laughs> Don't say it like you know it. I have no idea. I'm just trying stuff out. <laughs> Women be shopping. <laughs> Ginger snaps. Rebecca Cant. Ginger nuts. Ginger what? nuts. What we call ginger snaps. Okay. In England. Oh, my. All right. <laughs> ginger nuts. <laughs> Shasta Westling. Crumble chocolate chip. Elise Leardham Godson. Biscotti cookies. Mm. Or as we say, biscotte. <laughs> Sorry, that was stupid. stupid. Patty, please cut that. <laughs> For the love of God, Patty. <laughs> Save me from myself. Hannah Messick. Chocolate chip with walnuts. Lovely Lexi. Fresh chocolate chip. Celinda. Chocolate chip. Carly Katrin Westrich. Arby's salted caramel and chocolate chip cookies. Arby's Ar- has cookies now? I know they've got the meats. <laughs> <laughs> this cookie comes with a pile of roast beef on top. <laughs> That'd probably be pretty good. I mean, it'd be sweet and salty. <laughs> Jennifer Sardone. 
chocolate-covered Oreos. Kayla Schaefer. Sugared molasses cookies from Quick Trip. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Eat that. Jamila Noblet. Peanut butter chocolate chip. Maureen Blajeski. Thin, crispy, brown sugar cookies. What's a brown sugar cookie? I don't know, but I am interested. That sounds very good. (laughs) Megan Wilson. Peanut butter blossoms. (laughs) Mary Kate Griffin. What? I just love she gave us a very phonetic pronunciation. (laughs) I love it. Thank you, Mary Kate. You think she overdid it? (laughs) I love it. Thank you. Chocolate peppermint snaps. What's a chocolate peppermint snap? Um, I don't know, but they're Mary Kate Griffith's favorite (laughs) cookies. Welcome (laughs) to the Supreme Court. Thank you, everyone, for all of your support. We appreciate it so much. If you're looking for other ways to support us, please find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And then head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review. And then be sure to join us next week. When we'll be experts on two whole new topics. Podcast adjourned. And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary. And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web, and sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. I got my info from an episode of 48 Hours, titled The Life and Death of Nikki Kuhnhausen, and the podcast should be alive. I got my info from an episode of 48 Hours, entitled I Drop Homicide, an episode of American Monster, entitled Everyone's Favorite Uncle, and articles for Oxygen, CBS News, The Washington Post, and ABC News. For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com. Any errors are, of course, ours, but please don't take our word for it. Go read their stuff. 